Hello, I'm Nicholas Jackson. And I'm Luke Roberts. And you all join us on our first podcast um, today. <laughs> yes, podcast. Our first podcast. I'm, it's going to be a very good one because I'm actually ill. So my voice is sounding rather croaky. And if I disappear momentarily, that's because I'm ill. <laughs> You're just like passed out and, on the floor. Yeah, and um, we are on one microphone rather than two. So not an ideal setup, but... No, what I can't. I can't EQ out the cold, and I can't sort out any background echo. So, if you're wearing headphones, deal with it. We're really sorry. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. we don't care, really, to be honest. Right. So, what are we covering in this podcast? Well, we've got a fun full podcast today, Luke. <laughs> that doesn't sound made up at all. Um, I thought we'd start off with um, talking about things that we've been playing. Wow. You're asking the guy with a wife and children, what games has he been playing? I am. This is going to be kind of a pain because a lot of the games I've been playing recently are are retro games. I've recently Uh, picked up a few pieces of hardware that have allowed me to play, dare I say it, ROMs on actual hardware. So um, that's pretty handy because, I mean, the companies aren't making any money from this stuff anymore and yeah. the ROMs are, you know, they're readily available. Plus, I have a little piece of kit that will allow me to make ROMs from the cartridges. Uh, but I've been looking into playing the old game Hang On on the Sega Master System. Oh, right. um, Which is a motorcycle kind of... Uh, if anyone's played Outrun, it's made by the same guy. It's kind of like a checkpoint racing game on motorcycles. Um, don't get it confused with Road Rash where you punch people a lot. I've been looking into playing Holy Magic Century, which is an RPG on the N64. Uh, everyone hated it, but because everyone says they hate it, I have to play it. Oh, yeah. And, you have um, to be that awkward bugger. Well, yeah, but is it really that bad? That's, you know, that's what I, I know. Is it, have you played it now, is it? That's all right. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's not <clears throat> great. And uh, one that I've really got stuck into this weekend, I know I don't have a lot of time to play many games these days, but Final Fantasy fourteen Beta Weekend. The final uh, Beta Weekend was the, like the weekend just gone. Oh, my God. It was amazing. Good. Oh, God, dude. It's it's brilliant. Cause, I mean, you've played World of Warcraft. I have, um, yeah. I've played the original Guild Wars. Yeah, and I've played uh, well, I've played pretty much every MMR on the market. Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2, yeah. uh, Final Fantasy XI, World of Warcraft. You've got enough to suppose we income to spend on the subscriptions. Oh, yes. No, no. <laughs> My wife pretty much strangles me every time I mention a new MMO coming out. Secret World, Ragnarok Online... I haven't played Star Wars yet, so she's pretty happy with that one. That's free to play now, anyway. I can't handle that fwing sound. Throng, yeah, throng. Uh, lightsaber sounds and mass just makes me want to kill people. I mean, seriously, it drives That's good me... if you're playing Star Wars online, you're against people. And I just rage at people and I just run at them. Even the blaster pistol gets on my nerves. But for anyone that doesn't know, Final Fantasy XIV is Square Enix's second Final Fantasy MMO. Final Fantasy XI <coughs> being the first. Final Fantasy XIV actually fell flat on his face. So this is Final Fantasy XIV 2.0. They shut the oh, servers yeah, saw down. That, yeah. Well, they shut the servers down for about, uh, I think, six months. I could be completely wrong here, but I was there when they shut the servers down because I raged because I just renewed character slots, but not my subscription. They said, yeah, you can pay for the character slots, but you're not going to be able to play with them because only if you've got an active subscription before this very point will you be able to continue for a further two weeks when we kind of shut it down for everyone else. Because I was a Legacy member. I'd played before for... They thought that the game sucked so much they had to reward people that played for a certain period of time and yeah. I was one of the people that got the rewards. So they rewarded people who had put up this 
bad game by letting them play it longer. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. But when when they've released the game as Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn, which is what I just finished playing the beta weekend of, they've given us loads of uh, like items, you know, you've got a free mount, stuff that no one really cares about really, you know, like, oh look, a free hat. As a legacy member I get uh, access to the game early, I get, I don't have to pay for A Realm Reborn, which is obvious because I bought 1.0. A lot of people are like, do I have to buy Realm? No, you don't have to buy Realm Reborn. And they give me a lifetime discount to my subscription. That's not bad. And because I'd played in the previous version, and I get, uh, I think, character slots, which I'd normally have to pay for, and some other little bits and bobs, I get all of that bundled in. It's not bad at all. And it's available on PlayStation 3. Ah, oh, so you're happy then? Yes, PlayStation 3 and PC. Because my wife's PC blew up, so she can play it on the PlayStation 3, or I can play it on the PlayStation 3, whichever. And it's quite happy to have you both one PC, one the PlayStation. It's yes. quite happy with that. That's how we actually played over the beta weekend. I played on the PlayStation 3 on the beta. She played on my PC. She got a... I mean, the graphics looked amazing on the on the PC. Didn't look too bad on the PlayStation 3. No. The occasional draw distance issue, but it was... It was... It played so well, and it's been designed to work on a control pad. An MMO that works on a control pad is yeah. insane. It is. It's always like the inverse. Most things these days seem to be designed to work on a control pad and a keyboard and mouse. The ultimate controls keyboard and mouse. Mm-hmm. Secondly, and for change, they they've got it right the first time and and done it the wrong the other way round. Memo's mm-hmm. always been that exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. They there's so many commands and controls and you have your little micros. I mean that's why I remember about World of World of Warcraft. I remember having the little bar on the bottom of the screen, and then I found that I had multiples of them. Yeah. So I, how am I supposed to remember all this? And then you'd have to, if you played competitively in PvP, you'd have to keybind all of your skills. Yeah. So, like, I have a Razor Nug, which has 12 buttons yeah. by my thumb. I keybind Q, E, Z, X, and C as different skills. F would be a skill. Then I'd have Shift, Control, and Alt skills, so that all my buttons would do something else as well. But on Final Fantasy XIV and Realm Reborn... Literally, they turn all of the face buttons on the control pad into different commands, and then the shoulder buttons go through different tabs. Oh. So um, the face, the like the eight buttons become different Your sets. Quick source selection, yeah. as it were. So you can kind of quickly switch what skills you want to use and when, and it just works really well. So it just seems like that seems to me like the smart way to do it. Why didn't they? Why has no one else thought of doing that before? It seems so obvious. Why has no one thought of doing it that way before? Well, that's the same as saying, why haven't a lot of MMO, like, why haven't the developers said, there are Mac users out there as well, let's make for Mac users. But they don't. So far, I can only think of World of Warcraft, and yeah. Guild Wars 2 is now rolling out a beta for their yeah. for their Mac client. But it's an untapped audience. If you can if you can give a Mac player an MMO, they're going to jump on it. Same with, like, a console user. They've always said, oh, MMO on a console? That's never going to work. I think A Realm Reborn is really going to do it. They've really put some thought into the controls and, uh, you know, it's cross-platform. That's something that Final Fantasy has always done well. Eleven was cross-platform with the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox 360. What's the costing like on the console? I mean, is it similar to a console game in your bank? They're always traditionally a lot more expensive. So, strangely what, enough... What I'm wondering is, if I, was a, if I was a console player, would I be happy spending £45 on the console version, mm-hmm. then having to pay a subscription afterwards. It's actually it's actually pretty good like that. The the PC version comes in just a little bit cheaper, only like five pounds cheaper than the than the console version. It plays seamlessly with PC players. You a lot of the times you will never know 
if you're yeah. playing with another PC user or another uh, another console user. And it doesn't tell you that in-game, you don't know. Nope, it doesn't tell you if they're on a, on a console or PC. Yeah. It's seamless. It is absolutely seamless. Every every second I play with my wife or a couple of our friends, I saw another guy that we used to go to uh, to college with, Tim. Yeah. Uh, he just ran past me in the game. I didn't even realize he was playing. It works pretty well on low end machines because his PC isn't exactly what we call great. I was playing it on PlayStation Three. My wife was playing it on PC. We never. We, you wouldn't know what platform these people were using it on. It works very well. I mean, I already have the game installed, even though I don't have the disc. For the PlayStation 3, they've literally just said, here you go, here's the client, install it, we'll pair it to your to your account. If you want to play on the PC, here's the PC client, go. So, you know, you're not Ideal. limited to what platform you're on. If you want to play on a mate's PC... Seems like a smart way to do it. It works. I it really works. hope it succeeds this time. It's definitely going to be worth the subscription. So, it's a recommendation. Yes. Easily. Buy it. <laughs> Buy it now. And if you don't, I will probably cry. Actually, just throwing this out there as well, if anyone would like to play with us, we are on the North American Legacy server Balmong. But at the moment we're in the city of Oldar, but we have our licenses to travel all around the, the map. So if you start in any random city or whatever, we can come and play with anyone that is on the map. Actually, one last thing I have to throw in here as well yep, about the job system in this game, okay? And we're probably going to come back to MMOs later on in the podcast. The cool thing about Final Fantasy XIV as well is in most MMOs, you make a character, you pick a class, that's how you stay unless you make a completely yeah. new character. That's not how it works in Final Fantasy. In Eleven, they had a nice system where you could literally go back to your character's kind of safe house and change your job class. If you then got bored of that class, you could swap back to your original class and you'd get your level back. You would have individual levels per job. Mm. One person could do multiple jobs. Um, it's a bit like the old um, multi-classing from d and really, in a way. Yeah. And, I mean, you can combine classes and all that kind of stuff. But in 14, rather than having to go all the way back to a major city and, and going to your safe house, all you literally have to do is swap out your weapon. Then all you have to do is just make sure oh, right. the, gear, the other gear that you have equipped matches the class. Mm. Do you not think, though, by having it set up so you just drop out whatever, do you not think that, in a way, defeats the purpose of having them? Would it make more sense just to have you have access to all the options anyway? Do you not think that sort of ruins the purpose of having classes if you can just swap them out wherever you feel like? But you're I mean, still going to have to level up those classes anyway. It's yeah. not like, you know, you can't just say hit level cap as a warrior and then <coughs> swap out to a white mage and be max level white mage. Yeah. Your stats will drop. Your gear will—you won't be able to put on like the highest level gear yeah. because it's an individual level. Um, oh, I always love that in MMOs where you can't put on a piece of armor because it's too high level for you. I mean, I just imagine that person, that character, going up and saying, "I want to buy—I've got this lovely suit, but for some reason it doesn't fit me until I gain a bit more kill for ten more balls." I always laugh as like in Borderlands, they have level requirements for your weapons. You think to yourself, "Well, a gun's a gun, you know. You you point and click." Yep, pretty much. They're very simple interface again, but for some reason I can't use this until I I I know it's in the gameplay or the mechanical reason why, but it just always that always that's always a little bit of disconnect I don't like in mm-hmm. my games, and that's probably why I never go because I don't play I don't like playing with other people. I've had to play it myself. That You're came a solo run. That came out wrong. <laughs> um, that came out wrong as well. Um, <laughs> that's part of the reason why it seems they seem very restrictive. That's mm. what I've always felt with MMOs. Well, if they didn't have a gear treadmill and level grinding, what would you really have? True. I can see. I know. I said I can see why they do it. It just sort of, that just sort of breaks the immersion for me. 
it happened to me in the beta weekend, if I had to be honest. I had a set of level 15 gear. I was level 13. I was in a, a higher level area than I should have been. I was collecting, yeah. I was collecting equipment far higher than, than what I could use at the time. And uh, in the end, I actually had to do a little bit of light. The first time I'd ever had to grind in this game, by the way, I had to do a little bit of light grinding to get my levels up so that I could equip the stuff to take on a boss. Ah. Which was a, a bit annoying. That's what I get for being too hardcore to uh, to get to that boss right before I was even the That's right level. That's what you level. get for being awkward, going to a higher level area than you're meant to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so what have you been playing, then? I've been playing Dishonored, the Brigmore Witches. Oh, dear. Now, won't you know, dear... <laughs> Dishonored. <laughs> Do you not like Dishonored? I played it briefly. I I have to say I got kind of bored of being stealthy, so I just kept on running in there and hacking yeah. people up. And even then, I found that I kind of sucked at the sword play. So it's actually brings me on to my first my first criticism of the Dishonored game. Okay. In the original Dishonored, for those who don't know, you play. I'm sure you do, but in case you don't, you play as Corvo, and mm-hmm. he's a the Lord Protector for the Empress. At the very beginning of the game, the Empress gets murdered by this character called Dowd. He's doing a very bad job so far. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a very bad job. Yeah, he's law protector and he manages to get these one most important client killed. I was going to say, didn't uh, he only end up in town for like 15 minutes before she gets brutal? Yeah, he literally walks and says, hello! And she's dead. So yeah, it's, I mean, she's, she's actually, she's been fine. He's been away for months. She's been fine. He gets back and she dies. So... Maybe a bad omen. I don't know if he gets any further. I don't know after the the, obviously the events of the game, he gets any further contract work. I mean, I probably wouldn't have been keen to hello him because you know, he turns up at your door and you're dead. Um, <laughs> what a great bodyguard. Yeah, he's a fantastic <laughs> bodyguard. I, I think the assassins follow him around and go, well, that must be someone very important. Let's kill them. Um, anyway, so Ems gets killed by this guy called Dowd and Corvo gets blamed for it. And he gets put in prison. He eventually breaks out of prison. He gets given... Magical powers by the uh, some sort of emo fairy thingy bob no, for the outsider. That. He gets given these magical powers and he gets to run very quickly and stop time and summon rats up. So he can finally do the job that he was supposed to exactly, do. Exactly, yeah. But and then he goes in his revenge quest. Now this Zion has a system called chaos, and basically the idea is as you kill people, it creates more high chaos. This has the effect in the game that later on in the game, more of the we- Reapers will turn up. As with W, but you can't hear from my voice. Mm-hmm. And they ba- and you get more problems, more guards will turn up. That's basically as a result of you causing more chaos. Uh, uh, on. It also affects um, your allies as well. So some it people that would normally... Uh... Like you. It's like at the very end, the one guy who's basically very friendly throughout just basically berates you. And somehow chaos also affects the weather. Spoiler warning, guys. Oh, yeah. Spoiler, <laughs> yeah. It's, the game's been a bit late for that. Yeah, sorry. We, the game's about best part of a year now, so really, come on. You should know it's it's, it's out. It's really it's out there. Well, I mean, uh, you could pretty much figure out from the moment that you walked. I can I just ask: Is this are these some, one of the guys at the pub? Yes. Right. Yeah, you could pretty much tell that one of those guys. You couldn't it's, quite put your finger on which It's one actually yet. your. It's actually your boat. So again, spoilers. Seriously, it's a bit late even more. But I've given away. Oh wow! I didn't twist. think it was going to be him, but damn! Now, yeah. Wow, he sucks. Sorry, I, I I'm going to just... knife him now. Yeah, you can't <laughs> no. actually. Oh, oh no! Those the last level. That's but how this, you know. This is the five got chaoses at the very end of the game. Somehow, your action changes the weather. If you've been nice for the whole game, it's nice and bright and sunny when you go to the final mission. If it's not, it's rainy and thunderstormy. How cool can it be all changed the weather, I don't know, but that's what happens. Does that actually yeah. affect the way that you go through the mission at all? Or? Uh, yeah, because the mission changes. There's two ways the mission ends. If you go low chaos, the sort of last 
the lot the, all the characters you like sports serious spoilers now all the characters you portray you in the game if you go lane chaos one of them will have killed the others for you he'll have got guilt and he'll kill them if you go high chaos he won't have got that guilt and he and they'll you'll have to face all of them interesting okay interesting but to me, Corvo, he's a Lord Protector. Although he must do some slightly shady things, he overall must be a reasonably nice guy to be hired by the thing. So to me, it made sense to play Low Chaos. Because I, I try to sort of get into the character. And from my point of view, I'm playing Low Chaos because, you know, the civilians haven't done me any. What have they done to hurt me? The guards being nice. Like, you're, you're cringing now. I can see you just like to stab everybody. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah. I stab the guard. Uh, I pick up his body and throw him at his mate. It just, yeah, it just seems to me that's how to me how Cap seems to me. And that's Cap's interpretation. Now, in the Breakmore Witch, which is Breakmore Witches, which is actually a second part of two DLC, the first one called, called Blade of Dunwall. That uh, I'd heard of that one. I, yeah. haven't, I haven't. You play it. as Dowd in Blade of Dunwall, the actual assassin who killed the Empress. Basically, okay. it's a redemption story. The game starts with you killing the Empress. Now, to me, Dowd. Oh, one little point I'm just going to quickly point out, and this has been criticised heavily of, of um, Dishonored. You are given so many ways to kill people creatively. You've got these mines that like throw up little bits of fine metal that chop people up. You've got these big gates that electrocute people. But you can't use them if you want to play low chaos. You're limited to, if you're low chaos, you need to do tranquilizer darts, sleep holding people, or just bypassing, or just bypassing like security devices. Yeah. That is basically your repertoire mm -hmm. of non-lethal options. So it's very boring, in my that, opinion. That's, that it's was very my main limiting. problem with it. Whereas if you want to have all the most fun, you have to go full out. You always fan tools to kill people. With Dowd, they've to me Dowd is a killer. Mm -hmm. So when I play as him, I'm going to be that. Bit, I mean, I'm going to stab the old guard because I don't care. I'm a proper. I'm assassin. I'm not. Where's Corvo was a spy master turned assassin. I am an assassin through and through. I'm going to kill the people. But still got the chaos system in it. And that affects the end of the game. And that just seems wrong to me to have that in it still. And you're playing this character. So I just find, I just find it very just breaking. Does the DLC, the, the second DLC where you play as Dowd, does that go up to the point where you face up against yeah, Corvo at the end? Fact, Is that the whole point of it? Yeah, it or? does. It starts, the same DLC starts with Corvo when he meets you in the first game. And it imports your save from the previous DLC. You can choose to start again, but it will import or include all your money, all your upgrades and everything. Now, this is the only thing. I played the first mission of the first... There's three missions in the first DLC. First mission, I played how Dowd should play in my body. You know, he's a bit of a nasty piece of work. He's going to get his target. He's going to kill people to get there. He'll yeah. probably ignore civilians, but, you know, the guard, whoosh, dead. Yeah. At the end of the game, chaos racing high. I thought, oh, it's got chaos in it. I suspected, but I thought, nah, they wouldn't have two cows for this. It'd be silly to have it. So I tried to be good in the next two levels. Final level comes along, I think to myself, excellent. I just go all out now. So I basically just go mental, kill everybody. But of course, I've now entered the game. Although, when I finished the DLC, I got the low chaos ending. When I imported the save, it's a high chaos ending. Interesting. Yeah, it's slightly confusing. So I've now started it, and this is the other crazy thing. They give you more fun tools. So you get things like there's these miniature arc mines, of course. If you go in there, they just electrocute you and kill you. For non-lethal characters, you get a stun mine, fair enough, and what they call choke dust, which is basically pepper you throw in someone's face. A temporary disables them. Now, I'm sorry, 
But Pepper, to me, doesn't seem much of a deterrent. If anything, that's going to make someone angry and it is. punch you in the face. It is. I'm Master Assassin. Pepper to the face. Yeah, it's... it's. I like Dishonored. I like I like the gameplay. Probably because I love Thief. And it is, if you've played Thief, Dishonored is very heavily influenced by it. I love the gameplay, but it's it's just that disconnect of this character and, and being tied to the system. So I'm going to play the game because I, want, I don't want to get the bad ending. I play this game as a low chaos character, which seems out of character for Dowd. And I think they've missed a trick there. I think they should have removed chaos straight away. Mm. Um, I've only done the first level. Oh, I've got to tell you a funny phrase in the first, funny okay. thing that happened to me in the first level. The guards have their little funny sayings and they say all things, the usual thing. They're all very repetitive. At the very start, and this is a minor spoiler for the first part of the DLC, it's very much literally within the first two or three minutes. In fairness, we have completely spoiled the last game. Yeah, we might have not played the DLC yet because it only came out the other week. Okay. Yeah. So, it's very minor spoiler, but you will literally count those two or three minutes of the game of, of the first mission. You climb over into this um, prison you're breaking into, and you see a load of guards who are being, basically, they're about to be shot. And the reason they're being shot is because this is the prison that Corvo escaped from, and they're being shot for basically helping him, or they suspect of helping him. So, if you let it play out, the guards there execute these guards, which is the first thing I did. They, this guy kills, like, six of these guys, five of these guys. I'm sneaking around, and as this guy's walking out, he goes, shouldn't there be some guards patrolling here? And I thought, well, yeah, you just shot them all. And it's just that little silly, little, little, little touches like that. Just, and they say it all the time about the whole prison. Show you someone, you go to an area and they're already on their patrol routes. And they go and saying, sure there should be someone patrolling here. You think, well, you've set the patrols here already. Why are you saying that? So is the, out of question, so is the third DLC a third character or? No, we... this, this is the second DLC. Oh, the there's second a, DLC. There's, so there's, the actually, third there's actually four DLCs. Okay. One's a equipment pack, which I don't really count. One's, you basically do challenge maps, which again, I don't really count. So these are proper story DLCs. It's okay. story. No, you're still playing as Dowd, but from the second, you're carrying on, basically. The first DLC, this the, the Blade of Dunwall DLC, is like half a Dowd story. And okay. This is like the second half of Dowd's oh, story. Oh, okay. okay. So it's that little, I just found that rather amusing, just these guards saying, oh yeah, he's dead. Well, yeah, you shot him. It's crazy. But I, it's, I did the first mission, and I finished it before I came over here, and... It's your usual design. I quite enjoy it. Um, would you say it was I would, worth a purchase? I would say it's worth a purchase. Possibly now, if you've not purchased any other DLC, I would hang far because I would imagine there'll be a Game of the Year edition by the end of the year. Yeah, I was going to say, so, so um, would you yeah. recommend a look at a PC or console? Are you playing on PC? On PC. Okay. I'll always recommend... I don't play consoles, so I'll always recommend PC. Fair My do. sister played on console and she seemed to enjoy it, so it seemed to work quite well. So it plays well on both? It plays well on both, yeah. I was going to say, I'd played it on Xbox 360, so, and it seemed, yeah. okay, it seemed okay. I mean, I think maybe it might have been a little bit easier to control Did on the PC. Did you find... But... I was going to say, actually, you have the blink power. Did you get the blink power? Did you get that um, far? The one that lets you sort of, like, jump from place to place? Yes, I got that one, yeah. I would imagine that that would be quite trickier to aim on a console or a PC with a mouse. I have to admit, I found the controls a little awkward on the console, but then not having actually played it on the PC, I haven't really got any no. uh, any base to compare it to. But I would like to play the PC version at uh, some point because I still around. haven't finished the the console version yet. So it would be nice to actually see which has the better controls, and then mm. because I'm pretty sure, as most Steam games are these days, they're compatible with an Xbox control pad. So if oh, yeah, I oh, really yeah. wanted to use a control pad. I could just do that and no one would know the difference other than the game looks better. <laughs> yeah. But 
Um, is, is there like has has Dishonored been on a sale yet or? It has been on a sale. Uh, it was on Steam uh, three weeks ago. I don't think it's on sale at the moment, but it was on sale. But I say the DLCs, the two uh, Blade Dumb War Knife and Bring More Witches, they're eight quid each. The other two are four quid each. If you've if unless you've already got all the others, I'd wait till the end of the year because we're we're now August now. There's gonna be a damn the edition by this Christmas time. Pretty much like what they did with Skyrim. Yeah, and yeah, and Fire and by the game of the year edition. That sounds fair. Yeah. So what else have you been playing? Uh, a bit of retro gaming actually. I've been playing oh, Uplink. Wow. Oh wow, Uplink! Yes, I actually I, had that on the Mac. I got ago. I um uh I there was a I got given a code for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for all um, Intervision games, or okay. a lot of the Intervision games, so I got Defcon, which I already had, uh, Darwinia, and Uplink. And I played Demo Uplink a few years ago, and I thought I'd give the proper game going. It's amazing. It's 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 to me, it's a perfect example of a game that is so basic, but generates so much tension. I don't think I've felt so much tension by having this little thing in the corner going beep, 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 beep. beep. And you just, you are, you're panicking, you're typing away, trying to get something done. And what I love about it as well is you don't see it very much in new games. In a new game, if you were hacking and you had to change someone's records, it'd be a little drop-down box or you just click it and it does it yeah. for you. No, uplink, you have to type it in. You have to search for somebody's name. You can't just, you have to actually physically type the name in. So you've got your email up and you're trying to make sure you don't type it wrong. Because if you type it wrong, you've got to think, oh crap, I'll disconnect now and start again. The amount of tension it builds is, is amazing. It was very immersive. But that's all they had back then, if you think it about is. it really. Because now it's all about graphics and... Exactly. And they showing. were forced to be immersive because they had, to, they made you what they had. And it's amazing. And I think you can learn a lot from that sort of immersive. In, and I think, this is going to sound controversial. I think too many games are too simple now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'll give you an example. One of my most favourite games I've ever played, Mech Warrior. Yeah, I remember playing uh, Mech Warrior. Yeah. And what I loved about it was it was basically a simulator of something that doesn't exist. So you had to manage coolant, you had to manage heat, you had to manage your speed, and you had to manage your weapon grouping. If I do weapons together, you'd overheat, you, had to, you could override your shutdowns. So many commands, you could... You, you couldn't just... It wasn't just a case of look up, look down, look left, look right. Mm. You could twist your whole top part of your body. You could use a hat controller. If you had a key, a joystick, a hat controller, you could look out the left-hand window of your cockpit. It was so complicated. It was, it was complicated, but it was so immersive because it was complicated. I felt like I wasn't playing some arcade shooter. I was playing a... I was piloting a machine. Because half these games where you have these mech suits, you feel like you're just wearing a big suit. Yeah, it, it really does feel like a standard first-person shooter. It does, yeah. And... With just with a little cockpit drawn around you. Yeah, pretty much. But you were actually you felt like you were actually at the controls of this machine, and you were having to plan ahead. So that's I, I think that's what some of these games are missing. They have missed that sort of complexity, which I think adds to an immersive, makes the game feel more real. I mean, look at the original. I was quite pleased actually with their Sex and Revolution when they bought that. The original one, if you wanted to log into an email, you had to type the email in manually. They bought it back for Hidden Revolution. Fantastic. That's just that little touch just made it feel more real. What are your thoughts on this matter? Oh. I do understand what you mean that a lot of games these days are practically holding your hand. I mean, yeah. the, every game that you get now has a mind numbing tutorial, yeah. majority of which you cannot skip. Because back in the day, you know, you think about it, you'd, would, you would play the first stage of a game, it would teach you by playing it. You would mm. learn by playing the game. Now, they feel that you're such an idiot, 
you can't actually figure things out for yourself. Mm. They have to literally spell it out on the screen yeah. for you. Oh, look, here's something that's flashing. Your brain would initially say, hang on a minute, from everything else that I've done in gaming, from, you know, yeah. Wii Nippets or whatever, that's either a weak point, that's something I can hit or whatever. Now, it's like, hey, look, there it is. Here is a big yeah. map. Go there. Hit yeah. that. It's like, I know this. You don't have to tell me. And if not, I'm pretty sure I could figure it out. Yeah. You've just gone and pulled me right out of the game by forcing me to do this stupid tutorial. Yeah, and what's I think the biggest sin in games of now is unskippable, unskippable tutorials. Yes. A tutorial which you can't disable, which is press the... Press the W key to move forwards. No shit, Sherlock. I would like if games these days... I would like it... So, developers, listen to me. Okay, this isn't very hard. I would like you to give me an option when I start the game. Is this the first time you have played the game? If I have, don't force me to go through the tutorial. Or if you have to make me go through that first part, don't make me read so much text. Okay, I assume I already know everything that I need to know. Let me go on. If it then comes to massive cutscenes in, in at the start of the game, if I've already seen them, if I say I've already played the game, please give me the option to skip them. You would not believe how many games I play these days that maybe I've already beaten You know, the game once, maybe beaten the game twice. I have to go and sit through hours of cutscenes again. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of the game I played recently. What was it called? It's all tongue will come to me. And you could start the game again. After you finish, you can start the game again with your high-level character. You do that, you have to do the tutorial again. See, I don't see the point in that. Why it, give you a know, plus mode? Exactly, they know you're, you've played it before. Why the tutorial? They know you have. It's crazy. We should be in charge, Luke. Just in case you forget that you've played the game before. Yep. I suppose. <laughs> when I finally get around to releasing my game, that's one of the things I'm not going to have. Well, I'm going to have them if you want them. Just seriously, don't make me do a tutorial. I mean, yeah. I understand why they do it. Some people are just thick yeah. and shouldn't be allowed to do yeah. what it is that they do. But, honestly... This is one of the things that actually affects some of the old games did do well. Original Half-Life had a little link on the menu that says tutorial. If you've not played it before, you click on it. It takes you to a special little tutorial area, which just teaches you the game. If you've never played before, that's great. And if you don't, you have, you click single player, and off you go, and you play the game. Yep. Give us but, a separate tutorial, mm. completely away from the game. Yeah. We don't... If you exactly. give us the option for it, I'm pretty sure we can figure out if we need exactly, it, that yeah. we'll use it. Yeah. Exactly right. I just want to rage now. I really want to rage. What yeah. else have you played? Quick, move. Um, move well, on. that's me done for that. So perhaps we should move on to other things we've been doing. Other things we've been doing. I'm going to let you lead on this one. Okay. Well, recently, or literally, as I say recently, which is in the last two days, I downloaded the free version of Unity. Oh, I love Unity. I, I've, I'd, I've previously worked with XNA, and I've worked in C Sharp, so I was quite switched on by the fact that you could use C Sharp of Unity, and you can link up to Visual Studio as well, so you can actually stray away, go straight into... Now, just for people who don't know what this oh, yeah, is, just, just kind of go back, okay. so what okay. is Unity? And... Rewind. Right. <laughs> Unity is basically, it's a game engine, mm -hmm. but it's designed in such a way that it's designed for people to create games. So it's done a lot of the work, hard work for you, so you start up... It's already got loads of keyboard definitions defined, so you don't have to worry about trying to map the keys for you. You go into the code, the scripting code, and you say, I want to use the forward keys. 
or the horizontal keys, and it knows what they are. You don't have to re worry about why, the, why putting all the cores in, which you said to do on X and A, put all the cores in to work out, and all the logic to do it all. It's all done for you. It's so simple. You you create like a an object, say like you create a car. Rather than having to like hand code individual bits of that car, you literally create a little script for it. In my case, C sharp. You can do it in Java as well. And there's one called Boo, which no one ever uses. I've never even heard of it until Unity. And literally, all you do is drag the script over and click on that object, and boom, it's got there. Which means that once you've got the script, if you then make a truck object, you just drag it and it's done. You don't have to recode it all. I mean, I was always a bit. I've, I'm not very good at graphics. So I was a little bit trepidatious about doing it. I thought, I'll give it a go. 3D game engine. And I've been pleasantly surprised at how easy it is. The free version of it, I would, if you're interested in doing game design, get the free version. It's It's got a lot of stuff on it. It's not missing many features that the pro version hasn't got. But it's got a lot of stuff on it. Enough to do most. I mean, I've looked at it and it'll do everything I need it to do for what I want to build. Possibly learn, you need to, you need to learn a little bit about C Sharp or Java. Java's possibly easier to learn. I hated Java. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not a fan of Java, hence why I use C Sharp. So there is some programming involved, but it's very step by step. My only criticism of Unity as a company is that online tutorials are rubbish. I did look through some of their online tutorials. If I had to be honest, I don't remember a single thing they said. They were very poor. It's, even the reference documents, has a section called creating a scene, which, and basically get your your a scene is like a level or a menu, and what you do is you you combine all scenes together to make a game, which again was nothing that XNA used to be a problem with. You'd have to create all the menus and levels separately. Usually, does it all for you. And I remember look thinking, well, how do I create a scene? How do I build a level? I just want to. I was, all I want to do is build a box, just so I could I could put something in it and sort of move stuff around in it. And the tutorial of how to create a scene doesn't tell you. It doesn't. The this reference guide doesn't tell you to do it. I had to go on YouTube and find someone else on YouTube. No one do Unity, and I watched him. There's one about the Guri, and literally it's just this guy, and he says, "Here's the Guri. This screen is this," and he just reads the text of the screen. Well, I could do that. So he's practically just reading the tooltips. Yeah, and he eventually does show you what these all mean, how these actually work, and there, there was some. I gained some knowledge out of it. But to be fair, nothing I probably couldn't gain just by playing around for five minutes. Right. So, so you'd say that to learn Unity at the moment, short of just playing with it, your best place to, to kind of pick up a few tutorials would be YouTube. YouTube and Google. I've Googled everything. There is quite a good forum on Unity. There are quite a few members who are quite knowledgeable about it, more so than there seems to be developers. The actual Unity reference documentation, now I've... I've I'm, nine times out of ten, I've looked at it, and I've had to go to Google and find another website how I do it. So mm -hmm. that's my criticism of the game. The, the level changes are level reference is very poor. Okay. Uh, what about yourself, Luke? What have you been up to? Right, well, where you've been going into it, you've been dabbling with uh, game engines and such, which we actually spoke about a few weeks ago, didn't we? We uh, did. That's, that's kind of what brought us onto Unity. I do a wee bit of video editing. I have to admit, I'm not exactly great at video editing, but I do own a lot of video editing software. So I own yep. all of the major packages. Well, I say all of the major packages. I own Sony Vegas, Adobe Premiere, and uh, Final Cut. And just recently, I thought to myself, because I know people that edit in all different suites, and we edit on all different platforms, it would be probably be for the best if I learn at least the basics of what I need to do, or what I can do at the moment, in all of the suites. So, 
for uh, text effects, uh, zooming, panning, mm. all this stuff. I should learn it in Final Cut. I should learn how it works in Vegas, and I should learn how it works in Premiere, so that if someone says to me, I mean, I can do most of it anyway. It's just a case of I want to be able to do it as quickly as I can in, say, my kind of my main editor, and be able to tell someone else how to do it. I've literally just sat down, set up a scene or a couple of scenes. And I've said, right, here's how I do it in my main editor. What do I need to do in Premiere? What do I need to do in Final Cut? How can I show someone else how to do this? And is it really very difficult? Is, is there a simpler way to do it? All I've literally been doing recently is playing with editing video, just kind of a face composition and stuff like that. Nothing fancy. Out of all the software you've got, what would you say is the most intuitive to use? I mean, if you sat me, if you had three bits of software you could sit me down in front of, which one could you sit me down in front of and leave me for 10 minutes and I'd probably have to figure something out or could I not do it on any of them? Right, well, if... Depending on what platform you're on, because this was the the, the main point. So if you're on a Mac, you only really have two options. You've got Final Cut Pro and you've got Adobe Premiere. If you're on Windows, you've got Sony Vegas and Adobe Premiere. So Adobe Premiere seems to be like the stronger one. If you were just going to start out and you had a Mac, I'd say Final Cut Pro 10, which is kind of... Uh, it's Final Cut Pro crossed with iMovie, right. if you've ever used iMovie. That's, have, the, yeah. that's the editing package that comes with uh, new Macs. Then you've got on on uh, Windows the easiest one, in my opinion. The most intuitive one on Windows is Sony Vegas. I know that a lot of people use Sony Vegas when they start off and then move up to Premiere Pro. I'm not saying that Sony Vegas is nerfed in any way, shape, or form. Like it's it's any worse than Adobe Premiere, but I don't think you're going to get into a production studio saying, yeah, I'm pretty damn good with uh, Sony Vegas. A lot of the professionals don't yeah. really see it as a professional package, even though you can get the same stuff is out Is that of actually a is there a, a, a reason behind that, or is it just a little bit of, dare I say, a little bit of snobbery behind it? I'd say it's probably snobbery. I mean, it's it's just not <laughs> it's just not been adopted by, say, TV stations yet. Like, yeah. way back when, a lot of people would say, yeah, well, if you want to edit with us, you have to use Final Cut Pro 7 yeah. or Adobe Premiere. Now there are so many different editing suites out there. Just so long, I think at the end of the day, as long as you can render out at a certain format, at a certain bit rate, it, it shouldn't matter. It's the same yeah. with their, you know, camera snobbery. They say, well, you can't put this stuff on the telly if you can't render out in a certain bit rate and a certain resolution. Yeah. And then the BBC goes and pulls something down from YouTube. So uh, yeah. So, so I mean. I should say, so I'm, say I'm a new to video editing, I want to start out, you're thinking, um, most people are going to have Windows PCs, I'd imagine. So, the most people are going to be out there who are listening are probably Windows users, let's mm -hmm. be honest. Okay, then, well, I'd, I'd say... Sony I'll, Vegas and staff with? Sony Vegas, or if you wanted something easier than that, there is actually another, another piece of software that I do recommend to people that are starting to play with video. Cyberlink Power Director, it's about oh, 60 yes. bucks. It's about sixty pounds. It's uh, you know it's cheap as chips for a full license. Yeah. It's pretty damn powerful. You're not going to be you know playing around with fancy effects. You're not no. going to be keyframing all this stuff. If you just want to literally, here's your video. You want to dump it into the editor. You want to cut it. You want to add in some fancy transitions and sparkly. Bits. A home user basically. It's yeah. Best. Uh, you want to do semi-professional stuff, but at home. Yeah. I mean, you can still bang out a documentary if you don't want to start say throwing in all these fancy effects. 
Cyberlink Power Director will do the job. If you're, let's say, for example, you're a standard YouTuber and you want to do Let's Plays, those are video walkthroughs for anyone that isn't aware. You could get away with that with, with Windows Movie Maker. Cyberlink Power Director is going to yeah. do an even better job. And it's it, the features are pretty damn good. It had GPU rendering before yeah. Sony Vegas, really? from I'm aware. That's good. At least for my graphics card, I mm. run an AMD rig. I'm sure if you if you were using CUDA, then all right, you could use GPU rendering in Vegas. But and with these editing softwares, can you do things like import, say for example, say for example, I was going to make a little home science fiction program. I want a, a laser bolt firing. Could I put that? Do that, or that not be within the realms of that technology? Well, here's the trick. With Sony Vegas, you could do it, but you'd probably need Adobe After Effects. Um, oh, or you could do it and it's like make a little laser beam on on uh, in Photoshop and then put the photo uh, the, like the photograph in of the of the beam and then keyframe it to, to kind of animate it across the screen. With um, Adobe Premiere, you've of course got After Effects. You can just go it's directly linked. The Adobe Suite so, is directly linked. In that case, you might as well have the Adobe Premiere for it. Yep. Or, um, you know, if you're on the Mac, Final Cut Pro yeah. will have, you will have to buy Motion separately, but that is the composite, like the um, compositing software to go with it. A lot of people just say, I, I can remember talking to a guy many, many, many years ago. He said, rather than faffing around with special effects in, in, Adobe, uh, in Adobe Premiere, in After Effects or Motion, just Photoshop it. If you don't want it to be all fancy and shiny and, and crazy animated, just literally dump it in. Because you'll have that kind of that B-movie kind of look to it. It will look kind of cool, but it'll also look yeah. kind of cheesy and cheap. And it'll pause momentarily while the gun fires because it's been a still image sort of thing. Well, yeah. you, you'd literally just, you would literally just uh, create like a cylinder in uh, Photoshop and then you could literally just stick that on top of your movie, and then you have the guy with his gun and he's pulling the trigger, and then you just like literally just keep on dumping these photographs on top, and then yeah. just move them across the screen with keyframes. So nothing would actually freeze; it would look like it's animated. It's just something that you cooked up in Photoshop. Mm. It's not going to have any any kind of fancy lighting effect no. or anything coming off of it. I suppose a lot of it though comes down to your. I mean, if you're good at Photoshop. No doubt you could probably crease it to match the lighting. You could probably crease it quite convincing if you were good at Photoshop. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only, I suppose the only real issue you would have is that it wouldn't affect the lighting of the shot, whereas if you did it in After Effects, you could actually make it so that the the effect of the laser would affect the... Like, maybe it would brighten the character's top oh, as it was fired. Cool. Or it would, as it travelled across the scene, it would light up things as it that's passed. Cool. Um, so uh, there are bonuses to using professional level yeah. compositing software over say photoshop but if you wanted to get it done you can you don't need to uh, you don't need to go out and get after effects yeah. i mean you could do this stuff in imovie or windows movie maker if you really wanted to but you're probably going to overcomplicate yeah. things in doing it next section games we're looking forward to now you said earlier you had something you could actually talk about for this well, actually, um, I've already pretty much talked about Is it. Is that your Final Fantasy? Yeah. yeah, Final Fantasy XIV. I'm actually looking forward... Uh, do we have a hardware section? Hardware we're looking yes, forward to? Yes, why not? We can add one in. It's Something our first like... one, let's say, as yes. a hardware section. Right. Hardware we're looking forward to. I'm waiting for an Android games console that I found it on Kickstarter a while back called the GameStick. Oh, yes. So for anyone that's followed the Ouya, what you can't tell is just behind the microphone there is an Ouya sat here. It was one of the biggest disappointments I have ever I've ever had. It's it's a good little console. 
but no one seems to be taking it seriously. Even the developers aren't really taking it seriously. They're just kind of, kind of going for a cash grab. The game stick is a portable HDMI stick. And then you have a Bluetooth control pad that you can literally just uh, kind well of slot you. it in together. It's going to be a little bit slower than the Ouya. But it's going to be a lot more portable. And the Ouya is a pain in the ass because it has HDCP copy protection on it. So the video signal is encrypted. And so if you're trying to capture video for it to say maybe do a review... You, let's play. Or a let's play, you can't. And a lot of developers have criticized the Ouya for that. I'm hoping <laughs> the game stick doesn't have that. Plus, I just like the idea that I can I can have all my Android games in my pocket because the control yeah. pad is literally yes. small enough to dump in my pocket. Other hardware is obviously the, the Rift. Oculus Rift, I'm so looking forward to that. I, I, I'm just waiting for the day when that comes available. That, and the, what was the other thing? The, the Omni. Yes. I, if you've not that. seen this, you have to YouTube the Omni. It is. It's better to describe it. Imagine a walk, okay, <laughs> that you stand in, and there's like a little harness that you have sort of set up that you t- it's your t- sort of held in by this harness. These special shoes that sort of lock into the walk, and so as you walk, now this is where it gets clever. What it does is it translates those walking motions into keyboard commands. So walking forward becomes a W key. So you plug it in, and the computer doesn't. The computer doesn't care. He doesn't know the difference. He just thinks it's, you're using WASD, and that's just brilliant. That's just simple design. So there's no messing around with fancy drivers. It's just it just it thinks it's a com- keyboard. Mm-hmm. That combined with the Oculus Rift, which is a, uh, a, a VR sort of set VR headset. Yeah. So basically, you can get into this thing. You put the Oculus Rift on, so you're looking around the game world, and you can walk in the game world. I mean, to be honest, I think once that happens, I'll never leave my bedroom. And the funny thing is, it's really cheap as it well. Is. Was it? Uh, it's about three hundred for the Omni, and maybe about the, the same for the can, Rift. You can get a Rift now for three hundred. A developer's pack for three hundred dollars. Yeah, which is. I mean, it's not a proper Rift. It's not. It's all. It's a very early prototype version you get, but you can buy it. They don't recommend it if you are a home user, but if you want to develop games for it. I mean, I'm considering it for the one I'm working on. I'm considering getting a copy. I just because I'm going to fill up waiting for it. But I mean, three hundred dollars <laughs> for a VR headset is ridiculous money. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, well, it's like 150, 180 pounds. You've got to think that we're probably going to get stung with tax. Yeah, that's true. In, but we'll say one hundred eighty pounds, and that's cheaper than a PlayStation Three. Exactly. And it's, it's ridiculous. And and what's more fun, a PlayStation yeah. Three or a VR headset that you can go faff around in your favorite exactly. PC games? Exactly. I think the truth. What's going to be the key thing is there's going to be support for it. I mean, they've put a lot of support in older games. Half-Life 2 has got support added to it. I mean, Half-Life 2, that's like 10 years old. And they've added support to it for Oculus Rift. It's crazy. Like Valve, and Valve, I quite like that for that sort of thing. So as long as new games come out and have it added in, I think, really thought, I think that's the future of gaming. I really do. It, it did seem very clever, because, I mean, just imagine, for example, you mentioned Skyrim, that you could run around, oh. you could run around the world, you could look around. I mean, yeah. just imagine just waking up in the morning and thinking to yourself, you know what, I could go for a run. Yeah. And, um, I... But instead of running down your street looking like an idiot... You can look like an idiot in your yeah, home, yeah. And <laughs> close the windows, but you're in privacy at home, and just hope no one walks in. Because if a burglar walks in, he's going to have the biggest laugh in his life. Yeah, he'll probably fall on the floor and die of a heart attack yeah. laughing, really. As some random geezer is strapped into his uh, yeah, strapped into this running device, away, about. running away. And it, I mean, they've shown they've shown demos of it with first-person shooters. Team Fortress Two, they had it had I think Battlefield. 
Was it card? Was it Battlefield or it might have been card? I'm, I'm it might have sure. been card. You have to see it to play it. Honestly, YouTube it. It is worth watching. What would be really fun is if they get rid of the stamina bar, like Skyrim. So basically, when you run away, it sounds your own personal stamina. That would be that would be yeah. pretty clever. So if it would actually monitor how far... So I am actually curious as to how how it's going to decide whether or not you're running. So like in Skyrim, like if you press like yeah. Shift W, you're gonna is that? I'm assuming what it will. I'm I'm guessing here. Okay, I don't know how it works because it it detects when the shoe hits the rock, and it knows the next shoe hits the rock. So presumably it's the timing thing between the two. If they hit quicker. You must be running. I'm assuming that's how it works. And so it will then uh, <coughs> send a command to say hold down shift yes. until uh, the pace goes down yeah. below a certain rate. Oh, one thing I should also point out, it also needs connect as well. You have to have a connect system because that's how it tells if you're crouching. Oh dear, this is where <coughs> we're going to start running into problems because no one wants to connect. Don't think of it as connect. Think of it as a piece of hardware that comes with the, you need to buy with the Omni. The only thing that worries me <coughs> about having to use a connect is for people with limited space because the connect isn't the most reliable device no. in the world anyway. I think their goal is is to try and keep as cheap as possible because ultimately if this comes out with a really fancy IR system and it costs two grand... No one's going to buy it. Exactly. They want to keep it accessible. Yes. And unfortunately that means sacrifices are going to be made and one of the sacrifices is connect. Connect is only about a hundred pounds, though, right? Yeah. So that's not. Yeah. I mean, have they said if there's going to be any plans to uh, allow you to use the newer Connect coming with the Xbox One? Or... Uh, not that I've seen. No, I've been developed using the current Connect, so I assume that it's working with that. Presumably, though, I mean, I'm assuming that the new Connect isn't that much different to the old one. I couldn't say I don't like the Connect. So yeah, no, I don't like the Xbox. So they, <laughs> Poor Xbox. Let's call our next Xbox the One. Yeah, Next that, one, the one after that's going to be the Xbox Zero. It makes absolutely... I yeah. don't understand what, what they were thinking when they did that. But. Well, I was listening to someone else's podcast the other day, PCM podcast, and there was a rumour when the, they were at the trade show where it got announced, and the rumour going around the panel was it was going to be called the Xbox. Just the Xbox. They were going to get with the naming. And then a few people sort of thought, well, that's quite a clever idea. And they suddenly decided last minute to change it to the Xbox One. Right. Because, apparently, though, there were some, some videos which just said Xbox on them. Apparently. How true that is, I don't know. I have a f just a few problems here, because I know we weren't supposed to be talking about the Xbox One. Okay. Dropping the, the, current, the current naming scheme, and just calling it the Xbox. We've already had one of those. We have, yes. It was the first Xbox. Yeah. Now, a lot of people, when they talk about the original Xbox, they call it the Xbox One. Yes. So we we're just confusing you've shot yourself in the foot, really, haven't you? Yeah. Rock on, Microsoft. You guys are geniuses. <coughs> I mean, I don't see PlayStation calling the PS4 the, the PlayStation. PlayStation. Yeah, or the PlayStation Zero or something stupid like that. They look. Like, this is the fourth one we've made. So it's the PS4. Let's just stick to it. We're yeah. not going to go American on it and and like call it uh, the PlayStation Vengeance or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they can't. They stick with a naming system and stick with it. I mean, Microsoft could have named it the Xbox Seven Twenty. Which everyone expected it to be called anyway. Exactly. But I would like uh, to know to what honest, was going on in I was head. still surprised they even announced it. I honestly thought they weren't going to make another one. Really? Well, how much cost to make the Xbox a bit actually sell it for? I I just I just I think it's getting to the point now where that's what I mean really, that's why the X console is so expensive is to shore up the cost of the consoles. In fairness, I mean I can remember a lot of console gamers are going to hate me here because I am a console gamer as well as a PC gamer. So, you know, it's whichever I can get my hands on at the time and because my children like consoles. But for all of these people going out there and saying that the the new 
Xbox and the new PlayStation 4, <clears throat> Xbox One and the PlayStation 4, yeah. are going to be anywhere near as powerful as current-gen PCs, you are completely out of your mind. Mm. Because, I mean, they're like, oh, it's going to have graphics capabilities up to, you know, a current-gen PC. No, it is not. The graphics performance roughly equates to a, an NVIDIA... What is it? A, 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 well, I've lost track of them either. A so. GTX 580. I think it's like a GTX 580. Or it's a 580 or a 570. It might only be a 560. It is not current gen. Just seriously, guys. If you want the console, fine. But don't come up to me and say that your console is as powerful yeah. as my PC. It will never be as powerful as my PC. Especially not at the price that they're yeah. going to push it out to you. Unless they want to go bankrupt. With it to be fair, now. if you're sensible when it comes to PCs. If you're sensible... And you don't go for the latest tech, you go for like a generation previous. You could spend the same amount of money you would on a console on a PC box and get very similar performance. Yes. Very similar performance. If you wait a year after the console's released, you'll get better performance. Yep. Actually, in fairness, I would say that even if you did spend the same amount of money on a PC build as you would on the console, you are definitely going to get better, better gaming performance yeah. anyway. Yeah. Because the the parts that are in those things aren't very expensive. It's an AMD APU, from what I understand. Yeah. Uh, it's nothing really the, fancy. The, the, I mean, I suppose any advantage it has got is they obviously, it's not like a PC which is sat together components. It is, it's been like a Mac. It's been designed with integrated onto the board, yeah. which instantly makes it more efficient, which will mean it's got more power in that regard because it's got more efficient, whereas a PC is a little bit more master of order. It has to be able to cope with so many variables, which makes it inherently slightly less efficient. But even though we're <coughs> running, say, a full-blown operating system in the yeah. background, guys, seriously, I'm sorry, we're still more powerful than you. Just get over yeah, it. it is. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I built... Before my current PC, my previous PC I built in 2006, and that was still playing Bioshock at higher resolution than the console could play. Yep, I was going to say my PC is now, ooh, probably two going on three years old now, and I'm still playing games in Ultra, 1080p and Ultra, with no problem yeah, at all. Exactly. So, and there's no console that's going to do that. Majority of the consoles out there right now can only play 720p. For anyone that owns an Xbox 360 and thinks that their Xbox is actually playing a game at 1080p without upscaling it, <laughs> don't even go there. In fact, most of the games aren't even, they're not even, seriously, they're not even rendered at 720p. Yeah. Like, Call of Duty, guys, I hate to say it, that's not even 720p. You're playing a standard F game that's been scaled. Just uh, just think about that for a while. Well, I always suspect that, okay, that's basically the great, what, free engine? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've now redesigned it, but yeah, you, you guys were using the an engine Quake that... 3.2 engine. <laughs> I loved Quake. Oh, Quake was me. way more fun than COD, and you guys just ruined it. <laughs> you see, I, I, I've only... I've, I've played briefly the Modern Warfare series. I played the very first COD, which I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I went to Modern Warfare, I saw Plague of I saw lost interest in it, because everything went Modern Warfare. I know it's sort of an argument, because everything was World War Two for so long. Yeah... They kind of beat World War Two to death, and yeah. we, we beat World War Two to death during World War Two. We did. <laughs> so, yeah. I I don't know why no one's done a World War One game. Really? Actually, yeah, you you do have a fair point. I don't. I can't I, think I, of any. I, I, the, only one, the only one I know is, was based on World War One. This is very tenuously based. Was Hogs of War? Oh, Hogs of War! How I miss you, Rick oh. Mail is there? Oh yeah, as the uh, as the um, commentator. Oh, how many hours I wore I wore out a Hogs of War disc. 
That's how much I played that game. I wore out the disc, which is very hard to do in a co- when it's a, in a, a PlayStation. It's very hard to do that. You probably actually killed the PlayStation before you killed the disc, but... <laughs> no, the PlayStation survived. Scary. I know. And it was a PS2 as well. Just in case anyone is actually curious, Hogs of War is basically a uh, 3D version of Worms, where you yeah, play as it's, pigs. Yeah, it's, it was um, turn-based. There was five pigs of each size. Um, it was very much riffing on sort of all the war films. It was very on PC. And very much playing words, so you could, and it's based on World War One. So you had like Tommy's Trotters, and well, the, the Sauerkrauts from the Germans. And they were all names like hair gel, haircut. It was all it was very, and they're very sort of. I mean, I don't think they'd make a game like that now. I don't think they'd dare get away with it. They wouldn't be because able to do it. it was in some. I mean, the, the especially like the um, Chinese army in it. Woof, you wouldn't get away with that now. I don't think. Everything's far too PC well, it is. these days. But it, it was a fantastic little game, and that was based on World War the sort of technology was World War One. So yeah, that's the only game I know of was based on World War One, really, oh, which, is, which is a sad set of affairs, that really. Is pr- that is pretty bad. Yeah. Hogs of War is the only World War One game we can think uh, of. World War One it had like horse drawn artillery, it had like it was the it had massive rushes over the trenches. Imagine being a told Did we not have a troops. total war game? Not World War like No, that? not Total War. Interesting. Of World War One, that's a shame. They've guys. never. I think the latest, the um, it's only Napoleon because it's all the newest sort of era they've done. That's such a war empire. Go on, it guys. World War One. Let's yeah. milk that one. Yeah, <laughs> I think the trouble is they're a little bit. I think because they are, maybe they're just being a bit cautious because it's still relatively recent in history, and you don't want. People, I mean, other games have done it, but. In 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 fairness, you do have Call of Duty games where Americans are running into Afghanistan. Yeah, that is so... true. To be fair. That, <laughs> yeah, my point is completely invalid. I will try to immediately. I hate Call of Duty games with a passion. Yeah. I really do. But I can't honestly think of any more games I've 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 been really looking forward to recently. Well, I'm going to talk about Sir. You are being hunted. Now, no. you did <laughs> you did send me something about this earlier, so I, I got a chance to yep. this, have a little look. Basically, certainly being hung, hunted, it's a survival horror game, but it's in a very sort of cartoony way. It's a very, it's based, it's basically it's a procedure generated game, say in the British countryside. Probably sort of looking at it, I think sort of up Scotland way, but I feel good with it. So you imagine the British countryside. If you're American, just imagine someone dark and dreary. <laughs> Actually, I love the countryside. I can't really say that. I work in the countryside in my spare time. So imagine they're really nice. That's the countryside in Britain. Basically not America. Oh, that's a bit harsh. Imagine that's, something you'll never see. There must be a nice part of America. Well, look at all that history you've got, America. <laughs> so, it's all traditional British villages and so forth. And you're cast this guy and you've got to try and escape from this island, because it's not an island, by claiming these parts to make a teleporter. But the whole time you're there, you're being hunted by robots. And these are like stereotypical sort of country gents. Imagine Prince Charles. Or you, you sort of, you know, you know, you know, sort of in his tweed. Is he going to come out with a uh, top hat and a monocle? They do have them. They have oh, got robots my. like that. And they go out with shotguns and they sort of walk around. They say, nice day, isn't it? And all this, they sort of talk really sort of stereotypical British sort of <laughs> phrases. And, but you're, but instead of them out hunting foxes or rabbits, you're being hunted. Brilliant. And you've got to escape, and you've got to be, you need to eat stuff to keep you alive. You need to sort of fight back, but every time you do, that makes more noise. So it's a stealth game. It's based very much on US survival. So you're not going to go out just tacking everything you feel like, because you will just get beaten up and killed, basically. It's an indie game. It's been made by three people. 
I mean, you've seen the video. It's yeah. very impressive for something that's done by three people. Yeah, they, and this is one. This was done in Unity. Unity, right? actually, yes, it was done in Unity. Which is, it was very nice if I, if I had to yeah. Now, what stage is this in? Because you're saying it's being developed by three it's guys. in early alpha stage. You can get yeah. early access stage on alpha. They are taking pre-orders on their website as well if you don't want to use Steam. But you can get on Steam as well. They are planning a release date of, I believe, November. November. I believe it's November. It's definitely this year. That's not too far away. It's not too far away. It's fourteen ninety nine early out access on Steam as of today. So I'm definitely gonna get it. I might have to pick it up after after watching the little video clip. Yeah. It's it's very much uh was it Feath like? Yes. So, so we did so we mentioned that Dishonored yeah, was kind yeah. of it's it's got a very thief system, so you've got like a little not if Thief had like a little light gem which showed you how visible you were, you've got the same sort of thing going on here. It shows you how visible you are, but you can like hide in undergrowth to sort of keep out hidden. You can go. You need to raid all the villages, to steal stuff. There's like a robot who walks around the villages, but he won't attack you unless he catches you stealing stuff. And they've got these big balloons. They've got people on like hot air balloons who will sort of like try and search for you. They've got attack dogs. It is really good. It looks. It looks like it's going to be fabulous. There's one shot they've shown in their sort of preview sort of concept art because I hope they get into the game and it's this robot horse as this guy's all dressed up in all like fox hunting gear but he's got a horse instead of it's robotic instead of legs it's got jets it's like a veto it's a veto horse that just sort of hovers about and flies about I so hope they put that in there I so hope they put that in there it sounds very cool and it's reasonably priced which right. can I just throw this out there as well because I mean, it's an indie game. Would you say that indie games are more fun these days than the AAA titles? I think... Um, For the most part. I think Sturgeon Law applies to indie games. Heard of Sturgeon's Law? For people oh, who do Sturgeon Law. 90% <laughs> of the stuff out there is rubbish. It's basically the nice way of putting it. Or maybe 95%. Internet says this. If you say you want to look at fan fiction, you'll find... Uh, say you want to look up, I don't know, perhaps you're a fan of Star Trek, so you've got Star Trek fan fiction. You'll probably find 5% of it is actually any good worth reading. The other 95% you can delete and get rid of. The same is true of, I think, most made TV programs, films. I think the indie games we hear about, the ones we think of, the AAA, which are the good ones, are, in my in my honest opinion, I think they're the exceptions. I think there was a lot, if you look, there's a lot of rubbish games out there, obviously sorry, indie developers. I mean, but then you get the Minecrafts come out. Yeah. Then you get Zoe being hunters come out. Then you get Cute world, world. Of, world, world of goo. Yep. You get these come out every so often, but they're exceptions. But I like that. That's how it should be. It shouldn't it should be getting ten thousand great games every month. It should be the food gems, the ones that you remember and love. Kind of like what it was years and years and years ago. Mm. You would get a wave of absolute crap, and yeah. but back then you would actually have to dig through the crap to find the exactly. gold, and when yeah. you found it. You clung on to that for yeah. a long time. And can I just quickly say, for any indie developer, if you don't want your game to like seem like instant fail, and it will if you do this, right? if you develop for the Ouya, your your game is it's doomed. It instantly sucks. It's not really worth playing. Just, I'm don't. just saying, okay, don't. If you don't want to fail, just don't develop on Ouya. Yeah. Oh my god, there's an exception to the rule. Oh, oh, um, oh, we my. oh my! I just, I just kicked myself in the nuts there, and it's a game that uh, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have ever thought I, I would have liked. So, have you ever played Geometry Wars? 
I've heard of it, but I've not played it. Right, Geometry Wars... Oh my god, this is going to be difficult to explain. You uh, basically play as a small kind of little uh, ship in a rectangular um, kind of level, and enemies come out from all, all the sides, and you use one... Because it's, it was a, an Xbox game. You would use one stick to move. It would have very Smash TV controls, if anyone's played Smash TV, um, where you would have, say, one stick or one set of buttons to move, and then the other buttons, or either stick, would choose which direction you would shoot. So if you pressed up, you'd shoot up, down, you'd shoot down, and that kind of thing. Basically, the idea was to see how long you could survive. Sounds the, a bit like asteroids in a weird way. Pretty much. Over over time, the <laughs> waves would just become more and more intense. Uh, kind of very classic gaming. Like, yeah, like a very old, classic old arcade, games, yeah. Like arcade game, like a, a quarter muncher, if you're in America. The game on the Ouya that I think is kind of the random exception to the rule, and I can't believe I'm saying this, is very much like Geometry Wars, but it's called Dub Wars. Dub Wars. Dub Wars. It's uh, it's a dubstep arcade oh, shooter. Word. I know, and this should shock pretty much anyone that knows me personally because I absolutely hate the genre of music dubstep. I call it wub wub music. It's modem music. If I wanted to listen to a modem grind, my it's horrible stuff. But Dub Wars is an interesting game in that... In something like Geometry Wars, you literally have to aim and shoot. You just literally press the direction and you shoot and you shoot forever. You'll get power-ups and you'll just continuously shoot and get more powerful and more powerful until you get hit. In Dub Wars, your weapons only fire to the beat of the music. So based on how like how fast the tempo is, you know, if if there's like a kind of a drop in it, you'll have different weapons fire at different times, they'll fire at different speeds, and if the beat stops at any point in the track, you don't shoot. You have to completely change up your gameplay oh, style. Right. So you then have to go on the defensive to try and avoid the waves of enemies, or you have to oh. hope that you've wiped out majority of the stuff anyway. Oh, I see. until the beat starts back up and then and then you that's have to uh, kind of fire that's on. That's pretty clever. I have a little tip for people who uh, who might like might be interested by Dub Wars. If you're one of the three people who accidentally bought a New Year. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I actually backed it in Kickstarter and what a disappointment. But uh, it, it's a nice emulation box if you like to emulate games. I'm not saying you should. but um, Right, with Dub Wars, there's a trick. If you haven't played it yet, if you go into the game, you it's in beta right now. Yeah. You can purchase, you can download a demo off the Ouya store, it's an Ouya exclusive. You go to the store, you download the game, and it says, okay, you've got access to one level, one song. Which is a pretty damn good song and a pretty damn good level, to be fair. If you want to get the rest of it and access to the kind of the, de the development levels and all the stuff as it gets pushed out, you have to pay $15. $15 is pretty damn expensive. Uh, which is about £12. For an Ouya game, that's pretty damned expensive. What would you say if I could get you $5 off? I would say I want that game. Alright, so here's the trick. You, They ask you, okay, cool, you want to play the game, it's going to cost you 15 bucks. Because the average Yu-Gi-Oh! game doesn't tell you the price until you try to buy it. And Dub War says, right, we want... Exactly, yeah. it's stupid. But Dub War says, we want 15 bucks. We want $15. Would you like to continue with your purchase? If you say no, they say, whoa, hang on, but we'd like you to be in the beta anyway. We'd rather have you here than not. Mm. So, how's about we give it to you for $10? Mm. This is a one-time offer. If you say yes, you get it for 10 bucks. If you say no, you've just lost your chance. Or have you? 
No, because it's an Android console. So if you go into your system configuration, your system menu on the uh, on the UI, that will take you to the Android kind of back end where you go into your settings page, go to your app section, go to Dub Wars, and then clear the cache. Go back into the game, say that you want to buy the game again, say no, and you'll get your discount off of that. Just um, as the hot tip of the month. Just randomly throwing that out there. It's a, I think it's a pretty damn fun game, and coming from someone that doesn't like dubstep. If you want to burn a few minutes, or, you know, even... I think I spent nearly 20-30 minutes playing through the same level, just trying to up my score and stuff. If you're kind of score-crazy, this is a good game for you, and if you like dubstep, play it. <laughs> yeah. Oh Excellent. my god. I right. recommended a new game. I know. You feel so dirty now. <laughs> yes, I think I need to go and kind of burn everything that I own. <laughs> Right, so I think before we move on, I've quit some other game news. I put a couple of things out. My first one is: Did you play the original X? Did you play XCOM that came out last year? Um, Not the original, but the one that they. I movies. have XCOM, but it's part of my shrink wrap pile. I have oh. it twice actually. I have it on console and on PC. Oh, okay. I do that a lot. They, XCOM is a turn-based strategy game. We've also a um, uh, so you got it's like two modes. You've got like a turn-based mode of the game, actual sort of fighting part. And then you've got a sort of back-end sort of strategy. Sort of, you have like a base which you can research on. It's basically about an alien invasion and you fighting off. So you have to capture the aliens, interrogate them. You need to develop weapons. You still have to get their stuff. And eventually you go away so you like take out UFO. And it's quite it's a really good little game. Great things about it is that you can customise all your soldiers. Mm-hmm. So you can like change their names. So all my soldiers were named after members of my friends and family. And it's very gut-wrenching when them gets killed. It's... I was going to say, that must be a horrible thing to do, name them after a member of a member of your family. My and then best they get... mate shot me. <laughs> I was playing the game, and I was obviously squad leader, and my best mate panicked. He saw a little alien sector, like the weakest alien in the whole game, and he panicked and he shot me. Now, can we just say that he's not talking about his actual friend, but the no. character named yes. after his friend? yes. I was Just in case annoyed. anyone yeah, panics. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't actually a little alien in the real world. It could have been. Yeah, his name was Paul. Um, <laughs> and he shot you. Yeah. And what was the friend. alien name, Paul? <laughs> the alien name was Paul. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's great. They've now announced, from what I read of it, it's like a really big expansion. And it's called XCOM Enemy Within. The old one's Enemy Unknown. This one's Enemy Within. And it's about sort of, um, sort of finding the demons in your own well, in your own, well, it's, it's only a teaser been released at the moment, but it looks very much a case of finding enemies within your organisation. So I think, I reckon, you're going to have one of your soldiers betray you at some point in the game. Because it does that, there's so many random things involved. Some new things that are getting added to it, you're going to be able to have genetic modification to your soldiers to make them better. You can now have a mech suit, which is always, always fun, which you can like customise. It looks really good. The trailer has not a lot been released at the moment. They just literally announced it, I think, in the last couple of days. I'm personally looking forward to it. If it maintains the spirit of the original XCOM, I'll definitely be purchasing that. And if you haven't got the original XCOM, get it. It is worth, it is worth it. I'm not a big strategy fan. But I really enjoyed it. So we're recommending games that we're well, not normally, uh, we'd not yeah, normally play. I, so that's I, how good they must be then. Yeah, I would never, I would never play a strategy game usually. The next one I was going to say about was, um, sort of news-wise, is it's been announced today that Elder Scrolls is going to have a subscription. Uh, he's talking about Elder Scrolls Online. Online yes, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. 
Elsa's Online is going to be subscription-based, and my personal feeling is, I think these days, a subscription MMO is a mistake. Right, so you're saying that there is no MMO, are you saying it's not worth paying for an MMO, or, or are there... I'm, I'm probably, I've got bias for this, because I work full-time, uh-huh. and I have other things I do in the evening, so I don't get a lot of time to play games, and I object to paying money for a game, which I don't get, in my opinion, value for money out of. If it was a system whereby it was either pay as you go, or you could like I don't know pre buy like a hundred hours, and then once you use those hundred hours, you have to buy, it automatically like renewed you another hundred hours. I wouldn't have a treasure to that. I'd happily do that. If that's how World of Warcraft worked, I'd be happy because then it doesn't matter if I pay two hours a week or fifty hours a week. It it seems fair. I think I'd do a description now with so many free ones as well. I mean, you've got Guild Wars. Yeah, Guild, uh, Guild Wars, Guild Wars Two, Guild Wars One is still running, by the way. Yeah, there's so many free ones out there. Why would you? Pay a subscription. The the thing is, we have to quickly go into this as well. That we have just mentioned only two. Uh, have you got any other kind of free to play games that you could? Uh... Well, I mean, World of Warcraft is free to level twenty, which gives you a rough idea of the game works, which is good because it might be gives you an idea of a taste of the game before you go on. Which again, I don't have much objection to because if you get to level twenty, you're probably getting enough time in it to make it worth paying. It's money a very for limited one to twenty. It is. Um, uh, you've got. Is it RuneScape as well? It's... I wouldn't know if RuneScape's really considered a, a proper MMO. Yeah. It's just a Java. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm not big into MMOs, so okay. I don't play a lot. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic? That's not exactly free to play. They do offer a subscription mod. Do they? I thought they got rid of that. New. They've locked down a lot of the game, so it's kind of better value for money if you actually ah. if, if you actually want to properly experience Star Wars. So it's like there's like a free version and a paid for version. Yeah, if you yeah. kind of if you want to kind of play every now and then, sure, then the free to play model is fine for you. Uh, subscribe, you get a lot more out of it. There is. Oh Christ! What's it called? <laughs> I play it quite a lot. I'm actually a lifetime subscriber to a free to play game, The Secret World. Uh, that one has a that's I should say these are actually buy to play not so much free to play a lot of people shout at me when I say free to play because a lot of them aren't actually download for free you still have to purchase the actual disc depending on your classification of MMO Planet Side 2 Planet Side 2 it's a shooter yeah an MMO shooter I've actually played that and I actually I do play that very often and the reason I play it and I'm happy to have a count with it is because it's free to play yep you do, you can pay, it's got microtransactions in it, so you can buy stuff in it. Yeah, same like Secret World. Yeah, but you can earn it all anyway yourself. And the main sort of things you buy, with your micro, you can buy your weapons and so forth, but you can buy experience boosters, which last for a certain amount of time. And you just, you same stop. as in Guild Wars. Yeah, which, which I'm, I have no objection to. Okay. I can just play it in my spare time. And to be fair, if you play it sort of a couple of other nights, you will earn a few things, not as quick as somebody else who's paying for it, but you know what? I was still killing people at level, like... 10 are still killing people yeah so 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 the real question is then you obviously don't consider the uh, subscription-based model viable uh, i'm not anymore i've just inserted we've since how many mros have we seen from subscription only to free to play parts or at least have a free to play mode yeah majority of them i'm actually quite surprised that uh that uh who is actually developing it's just not bethesda is Is it not not that I'm aware. I could be completely wrong here, so watch as Elder Scrolls fans jump down my throat and, and, and I don't know, shout at me in the street yeah. and pie me or whatever. Yeah, I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what they'll do. They'll like walk up to you really close in your face and then you have to do like a little, um, little mini game to make it happy again. 
Yeah, uh, that yeah. will probably end up me saying, get out of my face yeah. and go and play a real game. Yeah. <laughs> I say oh, that, but... I like Skyrim. I didn't. Do you not? No, I didn't. That said, my main hatred of Skyrim comes from the fact that Oblivion sucked, and when Skyrim came out, it didn't support multi-GPQ configurations on PC. Well, of course, it's not going to do on console, because consoles can't! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so my, my main hatred came from that, because oh. the game ran better if I pulled one of my graphics cards. Ah. So in the end, I spent £500 to get a single graphics card that was powerful as both. That was a bit thick. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit. As far as... So... I hate to say it, but I would have agreed with you up until, oh, last weekend, with the whole subscription-based uh, MMO, because I'm married, I've got two children... I'm self-employed. I don't have a lot of time to play games. As, believe it or not, sitting at home whilst you work, you know, I can sit here in my underwear and and, uh, and work if I want to. I don't necessarily have as much time as people would think no. to play video games, especially now since my kids. Um, it's actually kind of a surprise that we're even getting a chance to record this podcast yeah. without interruption. You might not realise we haven't had an interruption. I've not edited anything out yet. <laughs> yet is the key word <laughs> yeah. there. Storms in. But as of... Because, okay, so Elder Scrolls Online, subscription-based. World of Warcraft, subscription-based. If you want to get anything out of Star Wars The Old Republic, you're going to have to pay a subscription. Oh, Christ. What's that other one? Firefall? Firefall, yeah. Apparently it's... that has a subscription as well, which surprised the living hell out of me <laughs> because I have no idea what that is. And what's the other one? Defiance? That was a console. Oh, yes. Um, I don't know if that's really an MMO. I think that was yeah, a shooter. Yeah, it's really well. bad, though. Is it? It's apparently really awful. So I also had it was it's tied time with a yeah, time of a TV series, and apparently acting is awful. Okay. And the mission structures are poorly designed, mm-hmm. and it's, it's meant to be really bad. I've not played it. Hands up. I, I don't sound like I'm just saying it's bad because everybody else has said it's bad. I'm just saying what I've heard. I do try and avoid say I do, if I've not played a game I do try and avoid saying really I think it's rubbish, but if I'm just repeating what other people have said, and yeah, I mean, apparently it's not very good. Sure, you know, sure if it's your kind of thing, you might enjoy it. We just yeah, don't necessarily exactly, enjoy yeah. it right now. So don't, you know, it's just our opinion. Yes, you might think please something don't else. Flame us. Please, no, don't you flame can flame us. us. I kind of enjoy it. To be honest, yeah. it gives me something to do other than look after my children and work. Yeah, I get to shout at people online. Get children on them. <laughs> no one would want that. They are like the ultimate trolls, but. Um, some people I know have, have played Defiance and they quite like it uh, but there is one gripe I have with Defiance it is on consoles much like my MMO of choice that I'm going to be talking about again in a minute Final Fantasy fourteen. but I think it's on the Xbox 360, PS3 mm. and PC they're all on their own servers well yeah, so the the PlayStation 3 version can't play with the Xbox players the, and they can't play with the PC players that's just it's stupid. It's done badly. I honestly think in this day and age, servers should be open worldwide. We shouldn't have region locked servers because, let's be fair, people have reasonable internet connections now for the most part. Yeah. So you should be able to connect to whatever server you want at it any time. It should be like EVE Online, where there's one server for everybody. Yep, one. Example of a subscription based on row. EVE Online. EVE Online. Which has a PlayStation 3 counterpart called. Oh god, what's it called? Dust. That that one three something. Nine one four something. That one bacon sandwich. Yeah, dust bacon sandwich. That famous add-on pack. Not which, as good as not as good as dust sausage. Which is uh, that's a first-person shooter, right? It is. What you can do, I what they apparently you can do in Eve though is you can hire basically. You want to take a planet. 
you can hire people and you give them the money and those people on the consoles get money to spend on doing stuff. I do remember a lot of talk of EVE players going absolutely mental, though, that console yeah. players actually have some influence on, on their yes. amazing PC game. Yes. The EVE community, I think we have to admit, is one of those, is a, is a bit like a big, sleeping, giant wolf. Should I get my shield, just in I case? Say, no, no, this is very nice. They're a lovely community. But you don't anger them. In the same way that a big wolf is lovely. You might want to stroke it. It's lovely. But you don't prod it. Yeah, don't punch it in the nose. So <laughs> we're not going to prod the community. Because they are bigger than us. A lot bigger than us. They are bigger. And they have more money than us. Crazy people. Yes. So we're, they're paying we're, for we're a spaceship not, subscription. Yes. Yeah, we're not going to prod the community. I'm really pleased you've got a game that you love. Ain't for me. Nope. But I'm really pleased for you. Please don't kill us. Please don't kill us. If someone would like to explain the the draw to the game, go for it. I don't personally understand it. I know oh, yeah. some people I mean, I do would admit, I have read sort of articles online, stories that have happened in Eve. They seem amazing. But the trouble is, with a lot of these stories you see and hear from games, actually at the time when you're doing it, it's not that it's not spectacular. That. It's only when someone content puts into a content and enterizes it that sounds more spectacular than it is. Yeah, they've they've kind of overhyped it. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's just sort of, I think it's just pretty it's like when you watch like a historical, you know, when they like do these like World War Two doc based on true stories books. Creative license. Yes, there's a creative license to make it more interesting, which is fine because that's what we you have to to engage the audience. And some stories I have heard so amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not something I'm gonna partake in. Yeah, it's not for me either if I know to be honest. So, that's a game we wouldn't pay a subscription for. I wouldn't pay a subscription for Star Wars. Thankfully, Guild Wars 2 doesn't have one, and I wouldn't if it did. <laughs> Sorry, Guild Wars 2 fanbase. <laughs> I spent a long time slamming Guild Wars 2. We're, ba- we're basically getting the whole internet turned against us, you realise. I'm um, completely cool with that, because then we're going to say, oh, you suck because you play Final Fantasy fourteen. Now, going back to the actual question, because we've, we've kind of... We've gone off the rails so many times on the, on just this one question. As I said, I would have agreed with you up until very recently about not paying a subscription for MMOs. In fact, a lot of people have asked me to come back to World of Warcraft, and I said no based purely on the fact that it has a subscription. Yes. I refuse to pay a subscription when there are so many other good games out there that I can play without one. Yes. Until... Final Fantasy XIV's Beta Weekend. I got pulled out of that game rather harshly. As I mentioned earlier, the subscription time limit ran out. I'd already paid some money to get an extra character slot. I couldn't renew my subscription, even though I was a legacy player. The game has now come back out. I said I wouldn't play it. I got a taster of the beta. I'm stuck. I am stuck in there. I have already put down money to get early access. Even though I already own the game, we bought the PlayStation 3 version... So we have a, a PlayStation 3 Collector's Edition coming through the post, which we don't really need because we already have the client installed. I am more than happy to pay a subscription for that game, even though I don't. I know I don't have much mm. time to play it. My wife will play this thing to death. I have, during the beta weekends, I lost my wife. She was only sat on the other side of the room, but I lost her. She would rather mm. play Final Fantasy XI than probably eat, I guess. Yeah. So I'd say that it's, one is kind of... It's probably because I've never played an MMO that's grabbed me mm-hmm. enough. I just find MMOs 
in general, rather dull. Mm-hmm. I, can't say any, I can't say any other way than that. I don't like grinding. Mm-hmm. I really can't stand it. I hate getting a mission saying, kill 100 of these. Go, and this is a very cliche thing to say. Kill 100 of these, go out, you kill them, bring them back. Oh, now I'm going to kill another 100. I just, I don't like that. I can't, as a levels, I can't stand that, which is why I've never really engaged with an MMO. I just feel that, I feel that I'm wasting my time on them. I feel that I'm wasting, I could be doing more productive things. You know, I could be, if it was now, I could be working in with my C Sharp and Unity or doing stuff. I feel that I'm wasting my time with an MMO. That's what, and I'm sure if one out there got me hooked, then probably would consider paying a subscription. But there'd be a little much I'd be willing to pay. I probably want to pay more than eight or nine pounds a month as right, a so maximum. A, a reasonable subscription price for you is eight or nine pounds. If it was something really, really good. If right. it was something I was really hooked on. So we've we've established I will pay a subscription if the game is good enough. Yeah. You would pay a subscription if on a very rare like Planets Align yes. moment a game s- grabbed you. What then would you want in an MMO? What is it you want? If you were given the option, and you've asked me this, what would you personally have that would make you pay that subscription without question? Uh, no grinding. Okay. No grinding for stop. Uh, story-based quests is actually an investment. Um, this is... <laughs> Lack of other players would be a good thing. <laughs> An MMO with no other players. Rock on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you see, this is the thing, is that other players ruin the immersion. I like to get immersed... A bit like we're talking about Corvo and Dowd. I like to get immersed into the character of the game. Mm-hmm. I'm meant to be. And as soon as you get somebody walking up to me saying, we'll sell gold for... Come in this trade channel and buy gold for $8, then that's just ruin my immersion. That's ruin my fun. Would you say then... Right, so... Just kind of going off off the tracks again. Would it matter if it was a group of people that you knew? So let's say these were people that you knew IRL in real life, mm. and you all got in game together. Is that a complete? Yeah. That's a different yeah, experience. That'd be different experience. They'd have to have a similar play style to me. Okay. I mean, I've got friends who I know when I've played with online in the past. If I played for long periods, I'm huge. Drive me mad. Okay. I'll give you an example. We're playing Ghost Recon. Do you? I mean that good old game, Ghost Recon. Yes, I remember Ghost Recon. Shame. The bro. original Ghost Recon, uh, when we all when we were all a lot younger. Island Thunder and Desert. Siege. And we are playing online. There's three of us, and me and one of my friends. We are being proper how you meant to be. You know, sort of covering, stealthing, sort of taking the enemy out. My other friend decided I'm going to play like Rambo, and he ran in, and just sort of big machine. He had the had the machine, heavy machine gun, Rambo. Bullets everywhere. He kept dying last. We kept getting killed. He kept dying. If we tried to go Rambo, boom, dead instantly. So he was playing the arena shooter and getting yeah, away. Yeah, he, he was playing COD in Ghost Recon and winning. I mean, uh, that uh, just, that's just frustrating. You just, you just compared an arena shooter to Call of Duty. I feel greatly offended. Oh, I'm sorry. Right there. That's We're talking Quake, Unreal oh, Tournament. Right. We are not talking Call of Goddamn Duty right now. <laughs> I, I would trap my previous comment. Good lad. Uh, <laughs> I'll let that slide. He's, 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 and he was just, you know, he's the sort of one who you'd be playing like another Tom Clancy game, the proper Rainbow Six, before they went arcade Before they went console. Raven right? Shield or before mm-hmm. on PC, because the consoles often weren't proper Rainbow Six games either. No, they were very, very arcade I can remember Rainbow yeah. Six 3, which was Raven Shield, right? That was a lot closer, yeah. 
if you got Rainbow Six, the original Rainbow Six on the console to the PC, they were completely different games. The only similarity was the picture on the front of the box. That was the only similarity. They were completely different. What an amazing game. <laughs> they, they, were, they were nothing to do with each other, and they were completely, you know, all the levels were completely different. Mm-hmm. They had the same missions, they cut about three of them out, but the levels were completely different. But he's the sort of person who, on Rainbow Six, who decides for fun to drop a frag grenade at our feet. Well, that's nice, isn't it? He's that sort of player. That's the sort of player if I wouldn't want to have on an MMO with me. Right. If I was a group of friends who were very slight-minded individuals, we played very similarly, I'd probably have a great time. But it just takes that one person, who I get on with very well, he's a very good friend of mine, but would drive me do lally, so and I'd need, want to shoot him. You'd need the right group, and say, yeah. at a range time. Kind of like, I know this sounds really, like, geeky, but like a, a Saturday Night D&D game or whatever. Yes, yes. You know? But basically, we're adding a lot of requirements for my MMO. It hasn't had grinding. I must be with people who I know but are play similar to me. <laughs> so basically, no one, no one, no one is allowed to buy your MMO. No, just your friends that you know <laughs> and that I approve of. <laughs> like you've got to get on a waiting yeah, list. It'll now. be the only MMO with only three people playing it. Yep, there's a there's a, there is an interview. There will be an interview once this game is in development. And uh, if you don't pass, I'm sorry, you yeah, don't no, get the job no. to play. <laughs> <laughs> with me. That's your ultimate prize. You get to play with one of the worst MMO players in the world. Like uber casual. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond oh, casual. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. what other requirements do we have? Um, so no see. grinding. No, no grinding. No, no people. Um, oh. 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 This is the... We... This is... We're, right. And we're going to go back slightly. We've already discussed this. Item leveling with, with with level requirements. We have already gone this. So I'm not going to go over it all in detail again. Okay. That just annoys me. Why can't I put this piece of armor on? Okay. The whole idea that once you know you expect to have gear, even if you're not really experienced enough yep. to use it. Yes. So ah, fifth thing. Okay. I want to be interacting with it. I don't want to be hitting a button and then waiting for my character to do something three seconds later. Okay. I want to. I want to be responsive. This is probably why I quite like planet side because you hit the button, you actually shoot, and it's on the original planning side. It is a proper you hit them, you kill them type setup. That's why I want. I've always felt when I was playing WoW, fairly disconnected from the game, because you like. I mean, I used to go up to an enemy and I just had to hit. Oh, I need to hit five, six, three, and I'll kill them. Yeah. And well, I, and what was the fun hitting saying five, six, three? So you didn't like having rotations in MMOs. Have no. you actually played any of the action-based MMOs, Guild Wars 2? I've, um, I've, I've been intrigued by Guild Wars 2. I've been tempted to give that a go. And Raiders. I'm, even Secret World is yeah. kind of an action-based MMO. I'm tempted to do The other problem I have with MMOs, this is option number six. Wow. Is the, yeah, this is getting quite intense now, is I, f- I feel... As a casual gamer for MMOs, because I don't get a lot of time to play games. I only get four or five hours a week, yep. if that, on a good week. As a casual gamer, I feel that I'm being punished for being a casual gamer on MMO. Because if you go on with a group of friends, they might get more time in it. You go away and they're all like, they're all... I have to admit, I, I know exactly how that feels. It, you do get punished in an MMO because you can't expect your friends to wait up. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I have had that issue, but we've all started together... And then 20 minutes, you know, you'll go offline for a night, and then by morning there'll be like 10 yeah. levels or 20 levels ahead of you. And, and then no you feel playing. bad making them wait for you to catch up. Yeah. Which they never do. Yeah. They never do. So really, you have to play all together at the same time, you have to agree to play at the same rate, and hope you all level up the same, same as well. 
We're getting quite under, basically, I think in general, I really don't like MMOs. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I, that's what we've, we've come to the conclusion. So, no people, no leveling, no grinding. Actually, I can say two MMOs that currently kind of spring to mind, rather, well, three actually, that spring to mind off the top of my head. Right, where level requirement isn't an issue. Uh, Guild Wars 2 has a system that will bump your level down. So let's say, for example, I'm at level cap, you're in the noob zone, and um, yes. I don't know, I want to come back and help you, but I don't want to steamroll yeah. everything because that will take away the enjoyment. Guild Wars 2 will bump your stats down and your level down to the tour requirement for that zone. But would you not, as a player, as as a player who has got that level, find that Unenjoyable because you've got access to all the stuff. You but still you can't get, use it. You, no, you can still use all of your equipment. Just your stats have been bumped down. Oh, wow. Um, that's and you also still get rewards from the game for helping players in uh, in a lower area. You still get you get rewards based on your actual level, not on the level of the zone that you're in. Right. So if it bumps you down, your rewards scale with you. Or they yeah. stay at where you were. So you're not going to start getting, like, I don't know, a copper helmet if you're supposed to be wearing, like, Dragon Mail yeah. or something like that. Uh, then you've got Secret World. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant game, in my opinion. Great story. It's a modern time MMO. So rather than, you know, dragons and, and all that kind of stuff, myths and legends that you hear from ye olde day is actually, it's all real. Yeah. Just uh, you know, vampires, werewolves, all yeah, that. all myths are true. All that right. bollocks. It's all real. It's all modern day. You run around with a goddamn shot for Christ's sake. That sounds good to me. You know, it's, you're selling it to me. It's a it's a pretty fun game. Once you get to a certain level, you can hit level cap, but you never actually stop leveling. You will always keep getting stats, I guess, until you fill up the entire tree. There are so many different classes, so many different weapons and, and armor types. You can actually make your own build from all of the different skills that you buy as you play. Yeah, at least that's what I would love to see in the game. You complete quests, you get points. You kill things, you get points. There is no real level. And then, so let's say, for example, you then go into the noob zone, or you've just started, and I want to play the game with you, but not steamroll things again. I just change my armor set. You yeah. can actually redo every quest in the game with the exception of story quests. So, you are back at the noob zone, I go back to the noob zone, I put on my noob gear, I get rewarded for doing those yeah. quests again as if I were a noob. I get the full experience. I get item rewards. I get, uh, you know, skill point rewards. Because it's all based on gear. It's actually, if you've got high level gear and you go into a noob zone, you get suck ass points. Little to no reward. If you actually drop your gear, if you like, put your gear away and you put on your, your low level gear, you get full rewards again, which is kind of handy for leveling, I guess, and you can help your friends. Mm. Kind of a fun game. You don't need a subscription for that one, but you will need to buy it. Guild Wars 2 again, no subscription. The next one, Final Fantasy fourteen. This game... So I get the feeling you like this game, Luke. I don't know why. I just, I just get the strange feeling you like it. I like it a little bit, yes. Yeah. I, I do. Just just a little bit. If you, you, if you were to say that, If you were to say that to my wife, she would literally be clung to my PC right now as if it was, I don't know... Going to one away. Yeah, like, seriously, I don't know. She's like insulin and a diabetic. Like, the, the crazy relationship between insulin, sugar, and a diabetic. Oh. It's, it's that kind of thing. She needs that game. It will probably kill her, though. <laughs> um, Final Fantasy fourteen allows you to... So, let's say 
you're playing the game, I've already leveled up my main class, so let's say I'm a warrior, I'm max level, you start playing the game, you've got no one to play with. Two things can happen in the game. There are event quests which are scalable. The game will bump your level down, much like Guild Wars 2, to allow you to help people doing these quests. Or, as I mentioned earlier, Final Fantasy will allow you to swap job classes. So, you're level 1, I'm max level, crap. I can't really play the game with you because I will just steamroll everything. Not if I just change my weapon and my armor set. I'll still have access to my top level warrior if I need it, but I can be bumped down to play the game with you at a lower level mm. and act as a support character yeah. if needed. So that's kind of another option. Also subscription based. The trouble with that though is, is yes, you've got other classes. You also want the possibility where you'll eventually level those classes up as well and then you have the same problem as before, don't you? But then again, you just drop down. There are so many classes in that game. I don't think that would ever be an issue. You'd probably have to level up. I can't even remember how many classes there are. I keep getting confused with 11, but 11 has something like 15 to 20 classes mm. that you can level up. Final Fantasy XIV has a, a good few. You'd, you'd be stretched to really sit there and level up all of them. Plus, you can kind of combo classes together, and you still have the scaling down for uh, for certain quests. So, okay. Good. Well, straight move on to our last section. This is, it's been a bit of a game-heavy section with a bit of hardware. So I thought for the last section we'll go something completely off-kilter. And basically what I've done, I've been trawling the various news sites and I've been looking at odd news stories. Interesting. Luke doesn't read the news. No. Nope. So these are going to be completely surprising. I'm going to be very interested to see his reaction <gasps> to them. Because they are, I've, I tried to find the weirdest ones I could. Okay. Okay. I picked four stories I think are the weirdest stories. Okay. Okay. Area 51 has now been acknowledged by the US government as existing. Area 50... No. Uh, yes. Area 51B, maybe, but I don't believe they've no, actually... Area 51 has been acknowledged. It was found in a U-2 spy plane documentation. Interesting. Okay, well, so... How far have they... They admit it exists. All of the, so it just exists. They've they admit not admitted exists. anything that... They've not said about any little green men going there. All little grey men. They've not admitted anything else. They've just admitted that it exists. So, but it's obviously, officially, the long-term thing is... It's always been there, but officially it's never existed. I mean, until a few years ago, you go on Google Maps and you can look at the sky view of it and see it. They eventually cut that all out. Oh. They now admit that Area 51 does exist. They better get on the call. They better get on the phone to Google yeah. and send that map again. Yeah, but Area 51 does exist. Has that blown your mind at all? I have to admit, for the US government to admit anything these days? Oh my god. Right. What's going on? All right. I'm going there now. Okay, no worries. Luke, when you go to the public that you are, how good is your aim? Pretty damn good, I'd hope. Good, because I've had many years of practice. Okay, you'll be you'll be okay in China then. In certain parts of China, they now charge you ten pound fine if you miss. Wow. Okay, who reported this? Is this, this, you this, this is BBC News. That's not real. That's come off that the BBC. <laughs> That's not a credible news yeah, source. It's no, it is true. It's on BBC News. You may, you, if you miss the toilet, you are you get a ten pound fine. How, so how are they monitoring this? Did that was that even I covered? I'm curious. I don't know. I presume they got some. Possibly got some standing there. I don't think I could pee. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't think. Uh, like I there's could. someone standing there staring, looking at my non-existent wine. I tell you what. I once. This is this is how lovely Norwich is. I went to not we, we were going to college, university one day, and I was at Norwich train station. How's it doing? And if it, 
if you have been to Noah's train station, for some reason, all the lights in the loos are blue. There is a there is a, a very kind of clear reason for that. It's to stop it from stabbing yourself in the arm oh, and, is uh, it? and shooting yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It's harder to, harder to oh, see you. I thought Why do I know that? me. It's <laughs> all funky new lighting system. Which I'm to stop druggies. Right, okay. So I'm not a druggie, by the way. No, he's not. <laughs> he's too thin. Um, <laughs> yeah, he like, just goes straight uh, through my arm. Yeah. Um, I remember being in the Norwich Loos, and I remember this some tall guy came, and he just kept staring down at me. He came in the loo, did he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh. He was staring down at me the whole time when I was trying to piss. And literally, I mean staring down at him, so I had to leave. That was just weird. And now you're going to have to deal with that when you go abroad. Or yes, face a I know. Oh, yeah, exactly. Perhaps he was a trial. Perhaps it's a trial for it. That's quite scary if it was being trialed in Norwich, in, yeah. uh, Norwich train station. Yeah. So what happens if you're being stared at, assuming that you're being stared at, and you wet yourself? Oh, it's okay. You didn't miss. What if, what if uh, yeah, you're going you're gonna to leak over the floor, dude. I mean, what, uh, what do women do? get a £10 fine. I know that women aren't going to, you know, they're not going to have to aim much, but what happens if they, oh, I don't know, randomly decide to stand up and piss all over the floor? £10 fine. Smear turn over the wall? Mm, £10 fine. God damn. <laughs> I, I think it's £10 fine or nothing. So, what if I, so if I decide to go on a, a mass rampage, ten pound fine. Smear turd everywhere, <laughs> pee everywhere, and then destroy the place. Perhaps it's done by turd. Wow, that's pretty bad. Oh, yeah. Ten pound a turd. It's part work. If, if in fairness, if I could take more than one dump <laughs> at the same time, they can charge me more. Than I think you've been playing Duke Nukem Forever too much. Just a little bit. That was yeah. actually a surprisingly good game. No one else liked it. Really? I did. Oh my. Right. <laughs> okay. Random fact of the day. Okay. That's that. On that more disturbing note, we've been talking about weeing and pooing up walls, but, that's, but Luke liking Duke Nukem is more disturbing than that. So we're going to move on. <laughs> um, back to your good old USFA. A judge has insisted a mother change her eight-month boy's name from Messiah to okay. Martin because, by his, by her definition, only Messiah is a title that can only apply to one person, which is Jesus Christ. So, do you think they should have the ability to change people's names like that? The ironic thing is, they were going to court over the child's surname. The first name was in a way about the judge was looked at the surname, then looked at the first name, made him change that as well. Wait, you can have someone change their surname? They, were, they a, can't. Was, surely they couldn't tell someone to change their family. It was, and they've, um, it was, they went to court because there was an argument going on over the surname of the child. Okay. Uh, for what I've read into it, I believe it's between the mother and the father. Oh, so this is a marriage dispute. Okay, okay, yeah, that makes more father. sense. I was going to say they're going to say that you're not allowed to have the was, name. Yeah, I think one would have it named after them. The other one not named after them. So they had to go to court over it. Excuse my language. So it's not that this child was named Oh Messiah Cunt. <laughs> no, 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 no. Or something like no, that. No, no. I mean, it'd be like um, having a child, say me and you had a love child together, and we're calling it... Um, well, that'd be kind of scary. Calling it, and we want, I want to call it Jackson, you want to call it Roberts. Okay. And the judge, what well, the judge did quite sensibly said, okay, we'll call it Jackson Roberts. Okay, makes sense. But the judge thought, hang on, he's called Messiah as well, we're going to change it to Martin. That's, I think that's a little, that's a little heavy-handed, I don't think... But I do agree with the judge, one judge did say, is that I think they're thinking of is when that child grows up, imagine going through school if you're called Messiah. That's fair, but then what about all these people called Muhammad? I mean, right. you know, a lot of people get yeah. kind of sketchy on on Muhammad. And, True, and I see what you mean. Stuff. So, I mean, really? Yeah, but yeah, I see what you mean. But often, I think what they, I'm, I'm not showing my ignorance here. I think they, although they have Muhammad in the name, they have another name as well, do they not? 
I'm really sure about it. I'm sorry. I apologize, I, I apologies to, to anyone of his NFA for Muslim. I don't know. I always assumed that they were something Mohammed. Yeah, but still, they do get kind of knackered. No offense again to the, just the name Muhammad. It's like yeah. a lot of a you're lot not of allowed to take in like you're not allowed to do depictions of Muhammad, are you? Mm-hmm. It's in vain. So again, this is just, just debate. We're just throwing that just out, there. out there. Okay, um, but it also goes the same as you know. What if I decided to call my child Jesus, or if I wanted to call my child King or I Buddha? Mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, you. There's so many children out there with stupid names. Like yeah. the parents clearly didn't really think. Like the, we're going to quickly just flip back to gaming. A name I think they really should force the parents to change was that um, a, a group, a couple called their firstborn son Doverkeen. Oh yes, Festa did that as a as a competition, didn't they? Yes, and someone that, actually that sh- did it. That should be stopped. Yeah, I put that on the same level. To be fair, it's just stupid. If they but if they yeah. want to do it, who am I to say? I think in Switzerland they actually have a set of approved names for boys and girls. It's I apologize if you I've got that country wrong, but it's one of the countries, and you can only name them off this approved list. It's like a couple hundred names, boys and girls, and you can only name off the approved list. So American hippies, you're screwed. You can't call your child Rainbow Faith. or Apple or uh, Bacon. That's not. Very Are you good a bit point. hungry at the moment? I am. If I had to be honest. Okay, that explains that. Okay, Bacon's good for everything, right? Okay. <laughs> On to our final odd story. And this one, I think, will blow your mind completely. More than Area 51 being yeah, fined yeah, to, to yeah, pee yeah. outside of uh, it. Yes. Which was more shocking, the fine to pee or Area 51? I don't know. They're both pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, if I got fined to pee on Area 51, which I probably would now that I think about That'd it. That'd be £10 then, please. <laughs> yeah, £10 to pee on a government building. I'm cool with that. Okay. A cat, cat DNA has led to someone being convicted of murder. A cat DNA database. They found this. They had this. They found this guy been killed. They found cat hairs on him. They compared it to the murderous cat, and they found a match and determined he was a murderer. A cat DNA, DNA database, database. Is now set up. Oh my god! That I'm, I'm looking that... forward to the first episode of CSI, which has that in it. I'm comparing that to Area 51 right there. I don't know which is crazier. All of these stories are. Seriously? I tried to find the older stuff. Seriously. And who who reported that? That was on BBC News. BBC, I don't believe that again. Anything on BBC or... or if it came out of the back of the sun or Daily Sport, I'd believe it. What? Oh, rubbish. <laughs> they make it all up as they go along. So of the BBC, apparently. Yeah. Now I'm actually going to find that that's, that's completely true. Are you the guy that got convicted because you had a cat? Yes. Why would they do that? Why would you... Oh, my God. Look, have you got a cat? No. <laughs> cat yeah. goes out window. Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's so random. A cat DNA database. I'm going to be scared to go outside soon. I'm going to disconnect from the internet completely. <laughs> You're going to have to do the podcast. <laughs> you edit it. You upload it. Just, I'm having enough. I'll just sit here whilst the podcast goes on, and you'll ha- I'll nod and smile, and then you'll have to continue the conversation from there because this is getting crazy. Okay? I'm going to be convicted of murder if I have a cat. I'm going to be fined if I piss off for Area 51. Yeah. And I'm not pounds. allowed. And I'm not allowed to name my kid something stupid. 
Of course, if you did press it for Area 51 they didn't, they didn't, and you weren't there and they found the pits, they'd just find you for the cat hairs. Yeah, they would yeah. find me through the random cat hairs. <laughs> yeah. Or there's a... What's your name? Messiah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad. Yeah. Messiah has just been convicted or fined for pissing Ten over Area 51 and they found him because of his cat. <laughs> yeah. I think that's quite nice to combine all those stories together. That's That was brilliant. There you go. Well, we, there will be a book published next year. Yes. <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh. Well, Luke's mind's been sufficiently blown. Uh, my voice is disappearing. That was brilliant. I, I think we've got nothing. Have you anything else you'd like to bring up or add? I probably did, but I probably don't. Oh, God. Okay. I think then perhaps we should call it our end of our first podcast. Brilliant. Way. Congratulations if you survived this long. I if might you have. have to whittle it down to about 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope you won't be too harsh. No, 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 no. No. They'll listen to the whole thing. Yes. Unedited. Including, including the bits where we just ramble on while we're trying to use a computer. And clap. How and clap, do you turn yeah. this on? What's a microphone? Yeah, yeah. That's... What's a podcast? <laughs> Why are we doing this again? Crazy yeah. hipsters. So, thank you very much for listening. If you did. If you did. If you, if you did, um, think of something they can they can say or email in. Do we have an email yet? Oh, we can set one up. We'll set one up with the podcast, shall we? Yes, we will put a link yeah. in the description of the podcast where you can leave email a comment us. or email. Yep. Please don't flame us. Too much. No, no. I mean, I mean, I personally have got more things to do than structural for emails. If you want to send us weird stories, yeah, that'd be good. I like to, I like to keep blowing Luke's mind. So by all means, send us as many weird stories as you can find. Even though I think we've really topped yeah, it. Yeah, we have, yeah. I mean, my only request is that they are, they're not from The Onion. That's my only request. And I will, and I, <laughs> and I, I, I will check. <laughs> I'm not like, I mean, I'm not like these Chinese newspapers that keep getting caught out by seeing copyright stuff in The Onion. Or as, as, ah, I'll let you know, Ricky Gervais once got caught out by a story from Hitman. If you ever play Hitman Blood Money, there's these, when in between each mission you get like a little newspaper of your act, 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 act uh, of what you've just done. Okay. And there's like uh, little snippets on the side, and it's a fake one. And somebody sent that in to Ricky Gervais' podcast, and he actually broadcast it as a real story. Oh, Ricky Gervais. Yeah. So yeah. So I will be checking. So don't just send me rats. Ideally, send me the link to the um, actual place where it came from. Yes. Uh, if there's anything nice to bring up or discuss, by all means, send it in as well. And we all choose to ignore. <laughs> <laughs> we'll eventually probably also have a um, like a phone number that people can call in, leave a message and stuff. Yeah. So then Long we can then plan. we can then discuss. I'll what... give you Luke's mobile. Don't you <laughs> dare! It's bad enough having to deal with all these cold callers, insurance companies, yeah. and all that crap. <laughs> Let alone a podcast. Hey, can I be on your podcast? No, <laughs> you can if you call the proper number. Next oh. number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't. Oh, don't. And the funny thing is, they probably would. Probably would, yeah. Because <laughs> you're nicer to them than I am. Yeah. Oh, you don't have your these um call call calling centres. I'm terrible of them. What do you do? You tell me your name's Messiah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I charge ten pound five for calling me. <laughs> right. I think that's weird. <laughs> I think we've, we've tried this a few times to end now, so let's call it an end now. Cool. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Yeah.